Welcome to day two of the 2011 I Am Talk Kona Super Special. Right, team, well, welcome along to episode, or day two, I should probably say, of the Kona Super Specials with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James. After I am talk, Kona Super, Super Specials. Specials. That's right. 2011 Kona Super Specials. It is 2011. Do you know why I'm saying that? Why, Bevan? Well, because I figure we're going to come back here in lots and lots. Mm. And people will maybe listen to this five years from now because they want the history of what was happening now. And then they'll go, what year was it? And well, now that I've said 2011, they'll know. We're creating history, Bevan. <laughs> well, we're probably more reporting history. Yes. And uh, uh, the, the Kona IM Talk Super Specials 2011 are proudly brought to you by? Endurance Sport Travel. Ken Clark is doing an amazing job. We went out and he's been looking after us like crazy. Check it out, endurancesportstravel.com. O2, O2, <laughs> O2 Creations. Check out that site. We've had seen people, a few of the listeners actually see our t-shirts they've made for us, and we've had quite a few requests from people saying, can you get t-shirts? So we might have talked to them about that, because they've done a great job on our top, so obviously they're doing a great job with other work as well. So check out O2Creations.com. Lava Java. Today I had a, uh, a nice portobello mushroom and eggplant burger. And it was and quality. And I had a chicken something. Even went the exact same two days in a row. Hey, if Dis- you know it works, go with it. And Jeff from Lava Java was really great. And who else have we got? And Audio Technica. Audio Technica, Dave. Again, the comments on the mic. Dave Scott comes up today. He says, Whoa, <laughs> you boys have upped uh, your game a little bit. Because last time you here, it looked like you're some garage band kind of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're, we're. And we're we've actually, we put a photo on Facebook last night um, that Albert took of us in the uh, media area. Everyone's commenting on our new gear and just saying, hey, Audio Technica is the way to go, team. And our regular sponsors, coffeesofhawaii.com. Um, Albert's been a legend We're going to talk to Albert today a little bit on the show um, Extreme Endurance Now I've got a bunch of samples So if you're in Kona I'll have some with us uh, tomorrow And I'm also going to take Maybe them. we should take them in the bag Put, Leave some of Albert on the Coffees of Hawaii desk But then they can't, can't get them out in the swim No, no, on the desk that they have Oh yeah, no, so we're taking a bunch And we're going to take them to the Coffees of Hawaii stand Which is outside Basil's Pizza Which is just down from the pier on a he drives on your <laughs> right it's on your left hand. These damn new mics pick up everything. Uh, it's down just at Lee Drive, not too far. They've got a, a little gazebo there, so you can go and get yourself some extreme endurance. They're little bags have got like uh, about a week's worth in there. Um, so the, 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 the travel pack. Mm. So I mean, if you're going to be travelling between, you know, around, and you just want to take a bag instead of the big package, so go get yourself some of that. And then Athlinks.com. And when you come to Hawaii and you get an amazing result, you go to Athlinks.com, you put it on there, and you show the world, and you say, "I am amazing." That's or right. as what was that T-shirt say? Fig Jam. Fig Jam. Now, who was the coach? It was Matt Dixon. Matt Dixon. Matt Dixon's got the T-shirt says Fig Jam, and well, something I'm good. If I'm good, yes. Just ask me. Just ask me. So you can put that on our links. Mm. Just um. Anyway, guys, we are. There's our responses. So first of all, um, it's been a huge day for John Bo and I. We started off this morning about five o'clock. Would that be right? Uh, I got up five forty. Okay, five forty. So okay, more six o'clock. But start off. Well, I'm going to tell a story later on the show. Make sure you listen to the end of the show because you're going to feel a funny story about who, how uneven the workload is in this trip. I tell you. And it's um, evening up. That's what it's doing. It's evening up. <laughs> evening up. So um, so so we got up early and we've had a massive day. We've just walked in the door right now. It's eight, p- 8 p.m. at night. I'm going to be up till believe midnight processing the show. But that's all good. And then who have we had on the show today? So we opened up. Well, we opened up. Went down to the pier. Uh, 
swam out to the boat, I had a little extra swim, and then we were just on there doing a few interviews, and then after that we met up with uh, Matt Dixon. Who's yeah, Matt Dixon is the coach of... Purple Patch coach, and he's coaching Joycey, um, Chris Leado, Rasmus Henning, uh, and a bunch of other athletes. You go to purplepatchfitness.com, I think it is, if you want to check out... It was a really good talk, eh? He was, he was really interesting. He's got a kind of a different way of the traditional kind of triathlon training thinking, so it was a really great talk. It's mm-hmm. well worth a listen. And then we moved on to Frederick Van Leerd. Uh, yeah, won Abu Dhabi this year, as we'll, we'll hear about. And uh, interesting insight into the, the way it works in Belgium, eh? Yes, and yeah. one of the European countries. So I really, I was, the reason for that, up and coming athlete might not win it this year, but he's he's one of these up and comers. And I wanted to try to get a bit of a, a European perspective as well. Yep. And then we moved on to where do we go after that? Well, we had Dave Scott, so we went back to Dave Scott and we interviewed Dave Scott. Now we're going to we're going to put that on until tomorrow because. Um, we've, we've literally got 20 hours for today Well not 20 But we've got quite a bit for today So Dave Scott's interview Is going to be on tomorrow Now Dave Scott's interview Is really good Make sure you listen tomorrow Because he does talk about The book stuff mm-hmm. And he also gives some Really good insight Into the, some of the past And some of the good times And to be honest I think he was quite happy to see us He was loving it Yeah He was a little cuddle friends, and, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we moved on And we met Lou Hollander uh, as you'll hear later on. Lou Hollander is the guy who's over 80. I think he's, he's 81, 81 this year. 81 this year doing Ironman. And you hear in the interview, he's doing like 15 hours. He's done like a 13 hour yeah. recently. So He's not a 16, 59, 59 guy. Man. He's out there and uh, and doing good, good steady times. Yep. So very impressed with him. Nice guy. And... Yes, we keep delivering, don't we? Didn't we get former champion Ferris? Ferris Al Salton came on. And yeah, he's a great interview as well. And he chopped us up. Well, he had his assistants uh, cook us all up some dinner. We had a nice yeah. little... He even fed us. Fed us around there. And then uh, finished off with... Uh, the Joyce and Rachel Joyce. Rachel Joyce. So. so we've got a lot of interviews coming out. What we're going to do is we're going to basically put all those interviews on their order. But in between, we're going to put on some of the stuff that we're talking to with the listeners out on the boat. So today we went out of Coffees of Hawaii boat in the morning. Got the old voice recorder mic out, put it out there, and we're just kind of talking to a few of the listeners in between times. So what we'll do is we'll put an interview on, and then we'll put a couple of the Coffees of Kauai kind of boat talks, then put another interview on, just kind of go through that process until the end of the show, and then John and I will wrap it up at the end. So we'll see you guys in probably a couple of hours based on the amount of work. I haven't actually finished yet, but I'm, I'm thinking this is a pretty big show in front of you. So hopefully you're at work right now, and you listen to your work, and we're giving you a bit of a sense of what it's like in Kona right now. We're just adding a little quick bit onto this intro here because we just realised we've done so many interviews today. I'm going through all the interviews and I'm putting them all together. I go, John, we didn't even tell them that we're doing Caroline Stephan. I know. She was outstanding. She was outstanding, wasn't she? She's such a smiley person. She was good. She was good value yep. and a lot of fun. First girl to do smack talk. First girl to smack talk. Yep. As we, let's just leave that as a teaser out there. Okay. And... Uh, Second place last year. Yeah, well, you're going to hear all about that soon. So we've got, we've got a lot impressive. of interviews coming up. Let's just quickly do a quick wrap up. Who we got? Caroline Stephan. You know what? You've heard it. You've heard it. You've heard it. <laughs> Here we go. Here's, here's, here's some. Here we go. Okay, wait a second. So we're uh, one thing about coming to Kona is if you're going to come out to Kona, you've got to go on the Coffees of Hawaii boat, come out and get your coffee. And we've just made it out here, John. How'd you find your swim? It's good. Swam out the halfway point back. Saw some turtles. The one thing I'm noticing about the swim, there's some serious job out here. And uh, you just watch the bottom of the ocean, you see how much you're moving. So it's going to be, it's like this on race day, it's going to be a lot longer than 3.8 Ks. Okay, that's all good in the hood. I'm a little bit worried about sound here, but hopefully it sounds okay for you guys. So we're out on the boat, we're going to go out and try and find our feet. The boat is moving a lot, and uh, we're not that stable in the best of times. So let's see how we go. Try to get a few interviews of a few people as they're coming along. And we've, got, we've got some great nicknames on the show. Mark, Star Jumps, is it still Casey, something like that? What's your name? Uh, Sortino. Sortino. Yeah, yeah. Are you feeling right? You feeling right for the race? Oh, I feel fantastic. Uh, 
you know, the water is always the perfect temperature, so everybody looks forward to getting into it. It's a little cloudy today just because it swells, but as you guys know. You feel those hot rushes of water flow over you when you're swimming, don't you? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And so what's the goal for the race? Uh, I'm looking for about a 9.52. Around <laughs> the bat. You know, maybe uh, give or take a few seconds, yeah. yeah. Sub 10 the goal this year. And where would you go last time? How'd you go last time? Uh, 10.26, yeah, last year. Yeah. So a big step up this year? Yeah. Training's going well? Oh, yeah, going great. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, the older you get, the faster you get. Remember that, Bevan. I'm telling you, I'm 44. That's not old. I'm just telling you. John always says, it's not me, mate. It's John. <laughs> See what Dave Scott has to say about that when Bevan calls him old later in the week. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and so you've been here a few times, haven't you? I have. This is my third time. And so does it, as you come along, does it become a bit stale, the experience? Or is it still a bit of a buzz? It's a total buzz. I don't know what it is. As soon as you get off the plane, you get on here. I, I, honestly, it's you breathe the air. You feel the excitement from everybody. I mean, you got your serious guys that get a little tense, but in general, everyone's got a smile on their face and just happy to be here. So, Awesome. Predictions for the weekend? Predictions? Uh, I, I tell you, I think... Um, uh, I don't think Craig. I don't. I don't think Craig's going to do it. I, uh, sorry, John. I. I, I think uh, Andy Potts being an American here. I think Andy Potts going to be top five, and uh, uh, Lieto's going to be the dark horse. I just don't know. It's a hit or miss with him. We'll see. But I think Andy's going to have a good day. Well, you have a good race, mate. Lots of star jumps at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Great to see you out here, man. Thanks, man. From scratch. Okay, this is our scratch. So we, Technical problems. we love it when guests give us free stuff, John. We've, yes. already, we've already done this, but I know, yes. but we're going to do it again. But our latest guest has given us a topic that says Fig Jam, and we could tell you what it means, but, well, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be a family show it then, would right. it? It would not be a family show. No, not, We'd but, have to go onto our iTunes and put explicit. Explicit on the tag, but we're mm. not going to, but you can figure that out, Fig Jam, and but yeah, it's, and it's cool top too. We're loving yes. it. But that comes from purplepatchfitness.com. And what's all that about, John? It's Matt Dixon from Purple Patch Fitness. As I said before, it's not a colour, it's a feeling. So, Matt, welcome along to the show. Thanks so much. I appreciate and it, And as we were saying before, it coaches a lot of high-level lev- athletes. High-level athletes, Rasmus Henning, Rachel Joyce. Yep. To um, name a few. Just to name a few. So, Matt, welcome along. And uh, as we just were saying before, we thought... I thought you were based in the States, but you've got a, uh, a Pommy accent, so tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you are now. So I'm, uh, so I'm based in uh, San Francisco, actually, but, uh, but obviously not from the States. I, I grew up uh, just outside of London and uh, came across the States, actually, as an athlete. I swam in university, as, as pretty typical for a lot of European and actually mm-hmm. guys from all over the world. So I, uh, I sort of came across for a year and thought I'd see how it goes and then ended up staying for the whole of the university swimming career carried on became a triathlete was based in the states for the whole time of my my short and uh, dubious pro career and and uh have now been over here for almost 20 years when when you're a triathlete what distances because 20 if you're racing 20 years ago you, you imagine you're a bit of everything wouldn't you i was <laughs> i wasn't racing triathlons 20 years ago but uh my my pro career was uh sort of very late 90s to to early 2000s and uh so i was i, I was really a half ironman athlete although i did do several ironman i actually raced hawaii uh, one year, drag myself around the course. Um, hopefully, my athletes do it a little better than yeah. I did. Um, but yeah, I, I think I was suited to short course, being a big boy, two hundred pounds or so. But uh, um, but uh, ultimately, sort of uh, went towards half Ironman and Ironman distance. And um, obviously, then you, you moved on to co- you moved, did you move on to coaching? Sort of when your triathlon career sort of started to wind yeah, down, yeah. And, and why did your triathlon career start to wind down? 
So, the, you know, I, uh, I actually was sort of a great example of how to do a pro career wrong. Uh, I, um, I, I sort of succumbed to, uh, to chronic fatigue and had sort of complete metabolic shutdown, uh, mostly because I, I think that despite the fact I'm an exercise physiologist, I have my master's degree in exercise physiology, and, um, I, I, but, my, you know, even though I should have known better, I took my massive work ethic that I had as a swimmer. I always say that... Uh, you know, I, I wasn't quite a world-class swimmer, but I was a world-class trainer. Mm-hmm. And I took that same uh, work ethic to triathlon. And being a big guy, I think that um, the accumulation of so much training really led me down a path that I dug and dug and dug a hole until I couldn't get out of it anymore. And um, actually ended up ending my pro career really before it had really begun. And, um, and I, I couldn't exercise at all for a year, not even, uh, not even a walk down the path. And, and of course, now I'm back. Uh, it's, it's completely in my past. I'm completely healthy, and I don't even think about it anymore. But it, but it was pivotal for, for sort of the birth of, I think, my, my coaching philosophy and, um, and the way that I go about it now. So, so it's almost a, a good thing that happened for me in the big scheme of life. You know, like you, you talk about, you know, in that moment, you, you had the knowledge of. I don't what want you that t-shirt. Doing. You just wipe your yeah. sweat all over. That's, <laughs> that's your one. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you had the knowledge base of the things that you should be doing, but then you still couldn't control yourself to make decisions around applying the knowledge. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Because I think that's a really common mistake of our sport. So why do you think that happened? I think it's a, a very common symptom. I think it comes down to a desire, passion, and motivation. If you if you look at most athletes that are serious athletes. Um, and then especially if you go to the elite end of the sport, uh, I always laugh that um, coaches talk about uh, you know, trying to motivate athletes because endurance athletes, are, I've never met one that isn't highly motiv- motivated. And I was in a situation that I was young to the sport, uh, but not that young, you know, 27 or 28, um, already had a, um, an elite swimming background. And, and I just thought, well, I've got to play catch-up. I've got to do all these miles. And then on top of it, I had a coach that, that sort of laid the path down for me and, uh, and I think uh, you know, created a training program that had massive volume, despite the fact that I had very little background in cycling, very little background in running. And you know, running 80-mile weeks and, and riding 400-mile uh, mm. weeks on the bike. And um, you know, I had the engine because of the development that I had in swimming, so I had this huge engine. But you can, you can drive and motivation will take you there. Um, and so I, I think that it's very important to be surrounded. Um, great athletes not only have a, an, a, a, a real sort of inner control, but they're also uh, lucky enough to be surrounded with, uh, with some smart people that can, can help guide the way a little bit mm. and, and as much hold them back as anything else. So that's was, you sort of led on to what was going to be my next question is you've got some, some high-level athletes. You know, you've got guys here that are um, contenders, contenders um, who have done things before already. Uh, if they come to you, you know, from, from another coaching relationship or if they've come from being coached themselves, um, that if you are... Well, if you are proposing that you're doing maybe a little bit less or a little bit higher, uh, higher intensity, is that sort of the, the angle you go down versus what, I don't know, your, your average coach is going to be, um, going to be setting them? Or how does um, it sort of work? Well, you know, the, first of all, I say that every, every, um, a lot of my athletes, you know, Chris Liedo, um, Lindsay Corbin, Luke Bell, they all had great coaches before them. And, um, uh, you know, I, I'm known as the recovery coach a lot of people end up calling me that which i find a compliment actually uh but i think that it's a mistake uh for people to assume because we place a massive emphasis on recovery um which is really uh 
truly a massive emphasis on keeping the athlete healthy um, mm. it, it, is that the training is easy, that it's mm. a shortcut, that it's doing less. Uh, none of my athletes are here in Hawaii, the five pros that I have here. None of them are, are under-trained, I promise you that. And if you ask any of them, none of them would say that the training is easy. It's very, very hard. Um, it's an endurance sport, and it's a, a race that is, for those guys, eight or nine hours le- in length. So, so we do a lot of work. We do it very hard, um, and I would say that our training is, is hard. But we, we also believe in, in offsetting that and making sure that we don't just mindlessly chase volume, but we believe in specificity, and we believe in, um, in balancing the hard work we do with adequate recovery so that we can be consistent and consistently applying effective training rather than just consistently applying random training or big training because uh, i think that's that so to answer your question um you know a lot of my a a lot of the guys that did come to me chris came to me two or three years ago um three years ago now i guess and uh he he obviously got second in 2009 and on you know nearly every week of uh, that 2009 season he did less hours of accumulated training than he had in any of his previous eight years of, uh, of Hawaii. But over the course of the season, he actually accumulated more training than he had. Oh, and that yeah. could sound like a paradox, but the, the key is that he never missed anything. He was never injured. And so he just consistently had this um, balanced and effective training, and the outcome was that you know he, never, he very nearly won the race. He obviously got second, yeah, and uh, that, that annoying crowy guy keeps yeah. getting in the way. <laughs> <laughs> so when you talk about intensity, um, that can of, often be a trigger for injuries for a lot of guys. So how do you sort of manage that in terms of getting the balance right um, between the right level of intensity and not getting them injured? Well, when you when you think about Ironman racing uh, as a whole, um, I, I think that intensity can have a wide range of meanings. When, mm. when we do uh, um, a lot of intensity, you, you could label that just anything above Ironman pace. Mm. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of a fallacy that, that intensity injures athletes, actually. I think that the reason that uh, many athletes get, get injured, especially overuse injuries, by, is a, by definition, an overuse injury comes from an accumulation of too much stress. And it's so often that the high intensity is done on very, very tired legs that maybe have come from a workout two or three days before where they're fatigued and then they're doing intensity. So um, we do do a lot of intensity um, and we we actually hit every intensity scale on on the spectrum from very, very easy all the way to max effort. Um, on, on any given week actually I think with all of our athletes they, they touch every you know from 0 to 10 they touch all of them every given week but, um, but the, I think that most athletes get, get injured or get an accumulation of too much fatigue when they spend too much time in the middle part of that intensity and then maybe just layer on big intensity on top of that and that's when they get injured so it comes back to that word specificity we do a, um, a little bit of intensity we do a fair amount of very easy work, and when it's easy, we go very, very easy. Um, we, we, sometimes we call it, you know, Kenyan easy, because mm. when the Kenyans run easy, they run very, very easy. And, um, and then we do a, a massive amount of work around specific intensity that they're getting ready for their event. So a, a lot of their training as they're getting ready for Ironman is just below, just at, and just above Ironman specific intensity, and that's where we do a lot of our work. Do you find, you know, like I know, I, I suppose that people kind of 
at least the pros out there, probably understand your philosophy before they've got to kind of uh, and sign up with you. But you know, we have habits, and, and habits can be hard to change. Do you find it hard to get the pros to change their philosophies? It comes. It, I, so yes, it's a journey to start. Um, if you think about the guys that are here, Luke Bell, Chris Lieto, uh, Lindsay Corbin. Rachel to, to some extent and Rasmus that's just joined on for you know four, four or five months ago um, there's always a, a, a period of education that, that comes by and um, I'm not a dictator the way I coach so, um, so it's not just my way or the highway I always see myself as uh, directing the ship but, but the athlete owns the sport and, and so for that I really believe in empowering the athlete and rather than me just saying you need to go out and ride your bike because I said so, um, I want them to really understand why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the guys that I mentioned, when they came to me, they came to me because they had either some diminishing results uh, relative to how hard they were working. They weren't being lazy. Uh, maybe a, a frequent history or a history of frequent injuries, and um, you know, and sort of a little bit of frustration. So they're looking for a change, and. Um, and so as you come in, it's a perfect time to, to reset the clock and, and look forward and, and really go through, I think, a period that um, you, have to, you have to have faith in your athletes. You have to explain why you want to do something. And then I see it as a collaboration. Um, so, you know, uh, it, there is a process to, to go through. And certainly, um, you know, Lindsay, Chris, it probably took, Six, somewhere between six weeks and six months before they really started to see the consistent training. But once they get over, once they actually, you know, flip to the the way of training and they truly understand it and they start to feel how consistent they and what it what it provides them is with with, with real control over their training. They start to become smart and they start to make smart decisions. And a lot of the fear-based training that they had done previously that a lot of athletes do um, it just diminishes the need for that diminishes and and in fact sometimes now you know Chris uh, will often tell me now you know no I, I don't think I should do that that's too much uh-huh. and that's a really uh, that's a really different attitude um, and he's, he's obviously uh, become a lot smarter he's evolved as an athlete he's, he's a little elder um, older than um, than a lot of the young pups that are out there but um, but it's almost uh, now me pushing him to say, no, you've got to keep on it now. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's not laziness, I <laughs> yeah. promise you that. It's yeah. just, uh, so sometimes it goes the other way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you talked there just very briefly, you mentioned sort of becoming smarter and, and obviously the, the race is becoming more and more tactical. Um, uh, do you let the athletes sort of go with their tactics or how, do, how, how much of an influence do you have there? You know, if you've got... Say Rachel and um, did you coach Julie Dippins or not? No, not no, Julie. No. No, um, no. But if you've got two athletes that are of similar-ish nature, do you, do you talk about sort of team tactics in terms of getting away, or do you basically say, right, you go out there and you ride 300 watts, or, or, or how, how do they sort of work the tactics? Because well, it's changing. Yeah, no, it's it's certainly a um, a tactical race, uh, you know, and and the women's race is interesting because it's becoming more tactical it used to be uh even up to a couple of years ago i think that uh it was basically you know every girl for themselves uh, mm-hmm. and i think that chrissy has come along and changed the sport and she's been a great thing for the sport she's raised the level of all the other women um so far as how much influence i have on the tactics 
I'm in complete and utter control of everything they do. <laughs> you wish. Uh, no, we, 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 um, you know, we start talking tactics uh, nine months out, and we continually revisit. And, and every one of the athletes has, has a plan, has an individual plan. Uh, one of the things that I think, if you asked all of my athletes, uh, one of the things that I think I'm actually pretty good at is completely segmenting my mind to, to talk to each athlete as an individual. So we have a fantastic, almost family-like atmosphere of support among the athletes, but, but they know that I will give them each 100% um, and uh, give them individual tactics that will work best for them. And I think that's the only way that you, do, that you can do it as a coach. You have to almost uh, shut yourself off and think about what does Rasmus have to do to succeed and then what does Chris have to do to succeed and so on and I think that they appreciate that um, that being said I, I think it's uh, Hawaii specifically is one of those races that you can't go in with one specific tactic and say this is what you have to have you have scenarios and we, have, we always have two or three scenarios with, with each athlete um, of which they've sort of got drilled into them. And then un- underneath that, they have to have a certain amount of flexibility as well. But, but we definitely, you know, it ends up being relatively simple. Um, that being said, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll let out a secret that we are going to have Chris sit up and going to pull Lindsay all the way to the finish <laughs> this, week, this year. So. <laughs> nice. I suppose, that, you know, you... you you do seem to be coming at it from a different angle than traditional triathlon thinking comes from, you know, like traditional thinking. And, and you know, pretty much ninety percent of the people who are going to be racing this weekend have gone to that. I'll do a lot of work and just sit in that middle range that you kind of identified. We, do you think there is going to be a shift in the thinking around triathlon? And how do you know? Because our listeners are out there listening to you, going, "Oh, well, I'm probably doing way too much work now." You know, we we, we always get guests on, and, and people will contradict each other and stuff. And so, where do you think? We will be as in a knowledge base in five, ten years with triathlon. I think the sport is evolving. Um, I think that the professionalism in the sport is evolving. Uh, the professionalism and the expertise within the coaching and understanding of the sport is evolving. Um, and you know, and that being said, uh, preparing for a, a big endurance event like this is is still going to come back to the fact that you do have to do a lot of work for it. So. Uh, one thing that maybe mildly frustrates me is you know, the philosophy that I put forth or the methodology that I believe in when I'm getting an athlete ready for. It's not easy. It, it does involve a lot of work. But uh, my point would be so many athletes out there from, from, uh, you know, from a- amateurs all the way to, to, to people that are very, very successful at the elite end of the sport, the, the only part of the sport they really consider is the swim bike and run and of course that's massively important because that's what you're doing but I think that any given training program uh, will never be successful if it's not supported with enough recovery to keep you healthy and proper nutrition and fueling so that you can actually consistently apply the training and so you know the I think that we get smarter and smarter and um, and I do think that uh that I think that there is there is a slight divide in the sport right now. The way it's coached, there's the the old school of big big miles mm. and um, simplicity, swim bike run, and uh, and then there's the the other side to look at it a little bit more strategically in training. And and yes, you do accumulate a lot of work, but uh, you know I, I always the the one thing I always notice when I when I look at the Hawaii Ironman is the common thread about amongst every male and female pro is they're all very, very fit. Yeah. 
they all show up and they're all very fit. They're all elite athletes. Many of them show up and they're fit and tired. And I don't know how you're supposed to create elite performance, world-class performance when you're fit and tired. And we always say you have to show up fit and fresh. And if that means that maybe you've accumulated a little less training um, and you, you haven't, when you've been tired, just push, push, push until you're, you're, you accumulate so much fatigue that your body can't respond, and then you're going to race better. Mm. And so all of my athletes are very, very fit. They've all worked very, very hard, but I also think that they're very healthy, and, and that's why I'm pretty proud of our very low rate of injury. Um, injuries happen because we have to take them to the edge. You have to push the, the lines of... Um, uh, because they are elite athletes, and that, that's a part of it. But I think that we have slightly less injury rate because we, we try and keep them healthy, and that creates that magical word called consistency, and that's what good performance comes from. So a little bit of a, <clears throat> a plug for a sort of purple patch. Um, do you do age group coaching as well, or do you mainly focus on the elite, elite side of things? No, we do. Actually, Purple Patch is a, a really interesting company. Probably probably 50% of the people that we work with have, have no... Um, competitive ambition at all we work with a lot of recreational cyclists a lot of recreational runners uh we, we took a group uh, of cyclists to ireland to uh, to ireland to europe this year um to ride and collectively over the last year they lost almost 200 pounds of, of body fat oh, and these great. were guys that guys and girls that didn't even own bicycles a year yeah, ago great. um interestingly we apply the same methodology to um uh, to them as we do you know to our pro athletes it's just applied obviously specifically to them but uh, but we coach um, a lot of amateur athletes as well. We have um, we have five amateurs here, um, or, or actually six amateurs here this weekend. Some a couple of them that are that are very very good. Um, our am- amateur girl that uh, she actually won the uh, the overall amateur at, at Las Vegas uh, nice. at the at the seventy point three World Championships uh, a few weeks ago, wow. and this will be her second Hawaii. Uh, she, she really um, has come from nothing, and uh, you know it's it's actually a massive part for my own personal passion i love developing athletes and i'm very lucky to you know be working with people like chris lieto and and um rasmus henning who are obviously already greatly established but we've also taken several athletes all the way through the amateur ranks and up to to the pro ranks people like meredith kessler who's ironman champion really rachel joyce i mean she she was great but uh, i think emotionally um almost didn't understand what it was to be a pro athlete before uh before um working with purple patch and there's that that development of a career which i think is 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 wonderfully rewarding so um so yeah we, we work with a, a wide range of people i suppose just just one question like for me is that you know what would be your message to the age group athlete out there you know like as in oh God, it's such a big question but you know like when it comes to the people listening to the show and you've kind of been pretty clear on your kind of philosophy around what you're doing but what is the thing that you if, you, if there's a couple of take-homes that an age group listening in could get from this? I, I, there's really a, a couple of things. Um, the, the first thing w- would be that um, the, the uh, training stress is, is a massive stress in your life, even though it's, of course, our stress relief. As amateur athletes, uh, we have other stresses in our life as well. But life stress, um, uh, you know, work, family, financial, relationships, whatever it might be, all of those stresses really accumulate in our life and they, they do um, suppress our system. It's just part of life that we have to manage. But when you create a training plan for yourself or your coach is creating a training plan for you, you have to be cognizant of that. And 
it's not enough just to say, well, I'm going to get ready for a half Ironman or an Ironman, and therefore I have to, I have to train X amount of hours. You know, the obsession, it's always staggered me, the obsession with miles or the obsession with hours. Um, it's, it's much better to say, you know what, I'm going to maximize the training I can do while staying healthy. And we have, um, you know, we have athletes that, that have very, very busy lives, but what they do is they just absolutely maximize the specificity of their training and still don't just, you know, always accumulate training at the, uh, while compromising sleep, while compromising recovery, um, and just chasing, chasing, chasing hours. They, they just don't do that, and they're very, very successful. You know, Sami Inkinen is a world champion in his age group, and he, he's, he's racing here this weekend. He never trains more than 10 hours a week. Wow. Um, a genetic freak yeah. uh, and a very strong guy <laughs> yeah. but uh but you know it, it can be done um and that doesn't mean that it's always a shortcut but if you do have a very busy life if you're getting up every single day at 3 30 or 4 a.m just to squeeze in more hours the chances are that you're not getting the return on your investment and you still have to have good nutrition and recovery good um uh and, 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 and balance, I guess, in your life. And then the other message as well is, look, we're amateur athletes, um, at least I, I very much am now, and, um, you know, you've you got to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's a journey, and, uh, and I think that, you know, I see so many people that uh, sacrifice so much, which is, which is worthy, and it's, it's good, but at the same time, um, you've you got your family and friends, you've got life to live, and I, I think that fitness... And health and, and triathlon should be about making your life bigger. It shouldn't be about making you compartmentalizing your life, mm. if you know what I mean. And I always think about purple patches helping to, to make people's lives bigger. You know, mm. have right. a beer. So, yeah, are you going? You're not racing at the weekend? No, certainly not. My my years of uh, racing triathlon are over. I I get to uh, just tell me what to do. I get yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you bring a wetsuit with you? I don't know. John wants to do a wetsuit. We've got a wetsuit challenge on Friday. A wetsuit challenge? Swim. We're swimming in from the coffees of Hawaii boat uh, in wetsuits, and then we're running to Lava Java and back. In, 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 in a wetsuit? Wet in wetsuit. Yeah. As long as I can wear mine inside out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is the winner the one with the most chafing, or is the winner yeah. the one that actually wins? <laughs> That's a good point. That's, uh, you get a handicap start over your swimming background. Bevan gets 15 seconds on me. 15 seconds? And you'll be a minute behind. I would suggest denim shorts as next year. Yeah, yeah. To, uh, everyone yeah. come in denim shorts. It's much yeah. more important. Hey, um, so your website is uh, purplepatchfitness.com? Purplepatchfitness.com, yep. Great. Nice. Well, thanks for coming on the show, and good luck to all your athletes. I suppose just, just lastly, quickly, I know oh, John Hedge was what do you think? What's going to happen in the race? Who's going to take it out? <laughs> you're hard. You're hard. Hard. Uh, I'm, I'm in a tough one. Uh, I, I, will, I will say that the, um, uh, the guys, I'll, I'll give you a quick couple of guys and girls. The, um, the guys' race is going to be a, a fantastic race. It's, I think you're going to see some different stuff in the swim this year yeah. which, um, with the smaller field. And um, there might be some, I don't think it might be such a, a big pack coming out of the swim. And that can change the dynamics of the front part of the bike, which from an energy standpoint can be interesting. Um, and, you know, everybody's talking about the obvious favorites, which I think are there, um, you know, Van Hanaker and, uh, and Andreas and, uh, and Crowey. But there are lots of guys that are, that are sleeping under the radar that are fantastically talented and echo uh, Rasmus, people like that that, mm-hmm. are, uh, that are in there. So um, the guys' race is going to be interesting. And uh, the girls' race, I think, is the, the, the best year that we're, um, 
and the most anticipated race probably in the history of Hawaii so it's going to be fun to watch and I'm, I'm not going to predict who's going to win either nice, uh, <laughs> diplomatic I love it well thanks for coming on the show mate thank yeah, you very much thanks so much guys you yeah, do great. a great job cheers Ian Hawkins here kind of qualified all the way from Abu Dhabi or Dubai yeah, yeah, all good, thanks. Yeah, yeah. good. Um, and, and we've got Sarah here all good here as well. Yeah, yeah managed to get to the boat. <laughs> Check, out. Check out the togs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we're showing them. <laughs> uh, well, for me, it's just um, just go there and enjoy it. Just uh, It's just a combination of a good couple of years of, of hard work and just come here and just have a ball, really. Just get the T-shirt. What's, what's it like coming here? You know, you, you know, everyone has this dream of coming here and turning up and having the experience. And is it really delivering on you for you and, and Sarah? Well, I mean, I, I can only speak for me, but it's uh, yeah. I mean, you come down to swim and then you stand there and you're getting your kit off and ready to go in. You, you look across. There's Mark Allen. Okay. <laughs> We're not allowed to do that in Dubai, so. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, we saw John Newsom. We saw John Newsom. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, it's just, it's everything you want and more. You know, it, like last night where the expo was just a, just a massive party and then they specialised open and then you shiver up and everyone was down there. It was just, yeah, it's just, it's just cool. What are your names? Maxed up. Credit. How are you finding it, Siri? You know, coming over as a partner and, you know, you've obviously been a part of this kind of world just through listening to our show and also being its partner. What's it like for you coming here? Oh, it's a, it is a dream come true and just to see his face is, just makes my day as well. <laughs> oh, perfect answer, Ray. What a lovely partner. How are you hoping to go on race day, mate? Sorry? How are you hoping to go on race day? Um, I've, I've, got a, I've got a number out there that I'd like to hit, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want to uh, not hit it and then be disappointed and, and it ruin my day. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd like to get as close to 10 hours as possible, but, yeah. Nine, nine and a half, I'm saying nine and a half, easy. Hey, John. That's right. 9.15, got to be at Albert's time, 9.15. Did you beat Albert's time? No, Albert passed me in the finishing shoot and I had a 15 minute head start. Yeah, well, that's not good, mate. Sharpen up. And what do you guys got on plan for the rest of the week then? Um, we're, we're obviously we're here and then until after uh, after the race then um, running in our underpants couple, yeah we're doing the underpants run and then um, we're just going to uh, relax here for a couple of days after and then we get a two day stop off in LA which is quite cool because you know us Brits we love, love the whole American dream and you know get to LA see Hollywood and then we uh, we take the long trip back to Dubai and then back to work and back to reality back to the grind hey well good it's good to have you guys on the show and it's good to see you guys finally meeting you after all these years of talking to you See you guys later. We've got Pete Hagen on the show, and he's just uh, he's commenting on John's hairy chest. He's, yeah. not, he's not going to contest the Austin Powers challenge later in the week. He's not. How you going, hey, mate? With the two of you guys, it's like ebony and ivory right here. <laughs> with the chest here. There's one there. There's one there. I got, I got three. I got three. Yeah, nice. How you going? How you feeling about the race? Oh, I'm not racing. Oh, you I'm here supporting Scott over there. Oh, nice. Have you got your wetsuit? I'm just KQM. What's that? Have you got your wetsuit? No, I do. I have my wetsuit. Wetsuit And so does my wife. Friday morning, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock? Yeah, 8 o'clock. Have you got to get on the boat? The wetsuit challenge. Get on the boat at 6.30 if you want to, before you can bring it out yourself. Oh, okay. Swim to shore. Nice. Lava jabber and back. That sounds great. It's going to be good. Awesome. Are you, are you enjoying the experience this oh, week? I love it. I love it. Oh, a little bit of coffee. coffee. Yeah, this is fabulous. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. What are your predictions for the race? Uh, boy, that's a great question. I'd love to see Crowey do something. You know, everybody's saying Chrissy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But hopefully, hopefully she'll have a tough race. I don't mean personally. You know, hopefully someone will give her a run for the money. Yeah. Competition, eh? Let me tell you.
Yeah, yeah Marinda Caffrey had her picture taken with me yesterday. So wow. she's certainly to do well. Absolutely. And, and so did Crowey. Yeah. So he's, I think it's those two. It's almost like the winner's shots in advance, isn't it? The winner's shots in advance. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Oh, well, we're going to get into it. You guys have a great day. Good luck for your race and uh, rock and roll. And thanks to Coffees of White. Yeah, we love this. Coffees of White. Yeah. Okay, that is the man himself right there. Albert here. Thank you. Oh, hey, Albert. Go buy some more Chrissy coffee on shore. Test, 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 test. Yeah, see, I call this mic's a little bit poor, but we'll go with it. Uh, so, wait, so we've got three people. We're on the Coffees of Hawaii boat here, Jumbo, And we're, we're, John's showing his hairy chest off to all the ladies, and they're loving it. They're just, the cues are woman. And we've got, who have we got here in front of us? Matt Malloy, Liz, and Ryan. And where are you guys from? Uh, I'm based in London, but Irish, so. And Houston, Texas. And uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. How are we feeling about the race this weekend? Yeah, I'm feeling, I mean, it's my, only my second I am, but um, yeah. yeah, I'm feeling good. Super yeah, nice. I've, I've so you qualified a, at your first one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of people would be angry at you right now. <laughs> I put a ginger spell on the on the island, so it's been a bit cooler. <laughs> and Liz, how are you feeling? I'm feeling awesome because I'm spectating and volunteering. Oh, nice. What are you going to be doing for volunteering? Uh, I'm working one of the aid stations on the run course. Oh, wow, wow. Yes. Carnage. So when you do that, what time of day do you have to be there? Um, well... We're open from about like 10.30 to 2.30. Oh, okay, great. So yes. you give you like a four-hour shift. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a special aid station. Oh, really? Wait a second. Maybe we shouldn't ask anymore. What about you, Ryan? How are you feeling? You racing this weekend? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. And you good. feeling all right? Yeah. What's the goal? Uh, 315 marathon. 315 marathon? Yeah. Is, that, is it realistic or? Yeah, I ran. I just ran a 320, taking it easy. So nice, nice. It's my third race of the year. So I'm good. And uh, we're wondering about predictions team. You know, who's going to take it out? He's going. He's going. Crowy. I'm saying Ray Yeah, I think. I think Crowy. I think Crowy's racing on anger. I think. You, I think he's been fueled all season by by not winning last year. And I, I think you know he's, he's put some awesome performances in. Okay. And, yeah. We got yeah. Crowy. What are you going for? Oh, he's making me on this. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, give me some love. Ben Honaker. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I don't know, man. You saw him. You said he was saying. Yeah, he looks mean. He's lean. Yeah. Yeah. He's got it. He's gonna take off on the bike, and nobody's gonna catch him on the run. He had a pretty awesome performance earlier on. Yep. Yeah, right. Hey, well, you guys have a wonderful day on race day. We'll, we'll be out there cheering for you. Right, yeah, have fun. Guys. Bring it on. Me, you guys. And Julia. Hey, guys, Julia. Ah, I'm just fine. You racing this weekend? Yeah, sure. And where are you from, Julia? Julia uh, Germany. Germany, wow. Yeah. And so when did you guys get here? Last Friday. Wow. And so you qualified over in Germany? Yeah, in Frankfurt. And, 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 and you've been one of our age groupers all the week. Why yeah, did you get age group of the week? Age group 35. No, no, no. On our show, who cares about the race? On our show, apparently, you're one of our age groupers. Come around here. We've got Tim, and he sent you through as an age group of the week a few while ago. Tim, Tim, why was she age group of the week? <laughs> because, um, number one, uh, she's a... Uh, well, she's his wife. <laughs> Number two, um, she raised money for a cancer foundation. Oh, wow. Um, they sold each kilometer of the 226 kilometers for a donation of at least 50 euros per kilometer. And I think, how, how, how much money did you raise? About 6,000 euros. Wow. That would be yeah, roughly $10,000. And, um, yeah. So, so we've got three people here. Who's racing? Give us your name, Tim. Uh, it's Tim, Alex, Alexander, Julia. And uh, who's racing this weekend? All three of us. All three of us. All three of us. You've got a club of, what, 13 people and you've got three qualifiers. That is, yeah, that's quite a good ratio. Yeah, yeah. That's probably one of the best ratios out here, isn't it? Famous. 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 Famous.
They're probably a little bit more fun than you guys. And so, what's the goal for this weekend then? Daylight finish. Daylight finish. Daylight finish. Ah, faster than heat. Yeah, that's exactly the thing. And if that works out, it's like top hundred would be super. You finished. When did you come in? 130 or so. So, predictions. Or was one of the Germans going to take it out? I would hope for Timo Bach. Really? Yeah. Timo? Girls? 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 None that I would think of in the top five. Perhaps Sonja Tysic would be able to make the top ten. But she's up. Sonja no, she, she's from Regensburg. Well, <laughs> 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 that's really Austria. Sandra Bolton, is she German? Or? Yeah, but she's an in. She was, she was, um, she was, had an injury. John, do your research, mate. You know, we're meant to be the experts here. <laughs> so you tell us how it's done. Yes. <laughs> do your peas. Hey, well, good luck this weekend, guys. Kick some butt, and we'll be cheering for you in the race. Thank you very much, guys. Okay, now we have Frederick Van Leerd, winner of uh, Abu Dhabi. The, breakthrough uh, race. Breakthrough that, was a, that, was, race. that was an amazing effort, eh? And yeah. also winner of Ironman France. Um, I seem to recall, was it a course record? Uh, just close? not. not Three just minutes uh, close. Yeah. Close, yeah. <laughs> so well, welcome along to the show, Fred. Is it Frederick or Fred you prefer? Well, Fred is shorter, tell me. Fred, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, I think my first... Recollection of you racing uh, was second in, in Ironman New Zealand behind Brownie, uh, but also just I did see you sort of pop up from time to time in, in ITU racing. Um, was that is that sort of where you've come from 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 the ITU side of things? Yeah, that's true. But um, you know, in uh, 2007, I, I quit ITU racing um, because I saw it was not possible to make the games. So um, 2006 was in fact my last season on, on World Cups. Then 2007, I did a couple of halves and, and became European champion long distance with the ITU. And then when he saw me 2008 uh, mm. coming in second in New Zealand, that was my first Ironman. Mm. And how's the transition to, to Kona been for you? Um, you know, the, we wouldn't. You know, I don't think a lot of people are calling you one of the favourites this year. But I mean, uh, you're, you're on the radar. Um, how, have you raced here in the other years? And how's that gone for you? In fact, it's my first, uh, first? my fourth, my fourth four. time, fourth four. time already. So my first year I didn't finish. Yeah. Second year I got just in top fifty, and then last year I got fourteen. So yeah. I take it as a process, and I learn every year, and uh, I hope to improve and improve uh, every year. When you say you learn every year, like what do you learn every year? Yeah, it's it's all here about nutrition, and not especially in the race, but also the period you spent before the race. Uh, Two years in a row, I didn't really matter about uh, electrolytes and salts and so on, only during the race, but then it's too late. So now I know a lot more about it and, and my own experiences. And uh, yeah, also a, a long season, you get older, you get stronger. And, and I think it's, it's a whole process for me. I'm still only 32. So most of the guys who are uh, competing uh, are, are a little bit or, older. So... Yeah, I think I, I have a couple of good years in front you, of you me. You trust that it's going to come with... Yeah, sure, time. sure, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, how do you sort of feel about the, the qualifying process this year? Um, has, it cha- has it made any changes to the way uh, you've raced uh, or, or the races you've chosen to do? Uh, not really, because it's almost the same as I did last year. But I think, yeah, for some athletes it may be yeah, different than, than it used to be. But for me it suits me well because... If you see all my seasons, I'm, I'm quite uh, 
yeah, stable in my performances. So uh, for me, it's it's not really a problem, and for me, it's okay. They do it like that. Yeah. This year, you know, we can't really have this interview without talking about Abu Dhabi. You know, going into the race, you probably wouldn't have gone to be one of the favourites that people are going to talk about. But you you had a blinder of a race. What was that day like for you? Yeah, it was a day like you. I think you only have a few in your life, but I had it on the right day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, everything went well. I felt strong. It's the beginning of the season, too. You know, all the big names were there, but it's not the same as, as, as in October. I, I'm mm. pretty aware of that. But, yeah, I took it, and uh, everything worked out. So, for me, it was, it was my first big international victory. So, I was really happy with it. How does that race unfold? Because we don't see the live coverage and stuff, and we see the results. But does it end up being a big pack on the bike, or how does the, the day sort of pan out? Yeah, you know, it's pretty similar to what you get here. You get with a, a front group out of the water. Then then in the beginning, everybody stays close together. There are one or two that escape, but the main group stays together. And then you yeah, have the second part of the of the bike. Then it's, yeah, then the, the real faces, faces are shown. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, in the end, I got away, I think, around kilometer 160 with uh, only Del Bocal and Enicolanos. So when we started to run, I think with a one minute, one minute thirty lead over Van Hoonacker to sink and, and so on. Mm. But it's only a twenty kilometer run, so I, I mm. kept the gap and in the end I had like seventeen seconds on, on Marino. So really? yeah, mm. it was was a close race because I think we were four guys in into thirty seconds or something. So, so, so did, when you, did, you you must have known they were closing. Yeah, but but still, I, I knew I was going to win it because the last uh, turning point I saw it was it was okay. I just have to, had to keep on running. <laughs> uh, I even enjoyed the the last two three hundred meters. So, but I knew it was it was okay. Yeah, but, uh, okay. but still, when you when you look at the results, you see oh, only seventeen seconds. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Tell us about the um, the setup for some European athletes like yourself. Uh, for, for New Zealanders and for, for probably Americans and, and maybe the British, they don't quite understand the system you have in terms of being able to do service um, in the army but effectively be a, be a full-time athlete. Just explain how that works. Yeah, in fact, uh, in 2004, uh, they set it up in Belgium and you needed yeah, some, some performances to, to come in front of a commission that decides if you can enter or not. So I was uh, in 2002, I was second at European Championships under 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, was beaten by Sven Riederer there. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was enough to, for me to, to enter the army. And, in fact, I got two months of elevation in there. So, yeah, basic stuff that, like, yeah. all the, the military guys get. And then you can do your sport. You can choose your, your trainer. You can, yeah, your whole entourage, you can, you can choose for free. And they fund it. And no, no, they don't fund that. They just fund me as an athlete. Okay. Yeah, I get the same uh, salary as a soldier. As a soldier, yeah. But then it's only a half day a week. I need to be at the base, and for the rest, I'm free. Wow. So, yeah. So that's that's quite good, and especially having a family and uh, two kids. So it's it's. Do you, do you think you would have kept at the sport if you didn't have that? No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I would have quit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's not possible. Uh, if you're if you're at the top and you gain a lot of money by sponsorship and prize money, then it's okay. But in the beginning, I, I had some good performances, but nothing to to live from. You know. So. Mm. What criteria do they have around it? You know, you, obviously you got into that into the yeah, army doing yeah, this. Yeah. You have, to, you have to test it how often and yeah. what's the criteria? every year you need to to fulfill the the criteria so 
for an Ironman athlete, when you're in, you need to be top six in Hawaii. You can choose either top six in Hawaii or either make a podium in another Ironman, a full oh. Ironman. So you get so, podium, wouldn't you? <laughs> you, you yeah, the yeah, podium. Yeah, this year it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's not that difficult, but yeah, you have to do it each year, each year. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And do, what what if you become really successful? Say you win Kona, do then they sort of go, okay, you, you go off and do your own thing now, or they they keep supporting you? No, no, they keep supporting me. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. That's one of their things. They, they in fact start with young people. I was, I was a lot younger in 2004, mm-hmm. and maybe in the end, after a couple of years, like they have with Marino, um, yeah, they, yeah, they have good performances in the end, and that's their goal to get positive media attention by, by things they do for for some sport people. Yeah. So and so the, the army looks at it and goes, well, if we've got a guy like you yeah. who's out there racing Ironman, it's going to appeal to young young guys out there who may want to join the army. Yeah, sure, that's yeah. that's it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. What, what does the Belgium army do? Is it a lot of uh, a lot of peacekeeping, or, or just in terms of what the the other guys do? Yeah, I think they they just work with with uh, with the bigger countries and it's mm. it's peacekeeping. I think yeah yeah, yeah. for the mm. rest uh, yeah, but sometimes they are like yeah little bit uh, negative things that come into the media yeah. and so if sometimes there's there's like a military guy who does a good performance then that's <laughs> a good bit equal are the soldiers are they supportive of, of what you're doing yeah sure sure in the base where I am uh, quite a lot of sport people are very interested in, in what I'm doing so it's 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 pretty funny yeah, 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 yeah sure really yeah. cool yeah. And what about the race this year? Um, you said you've been progressing along nicely. Have you changed much this year, or has it been a case of just getting more miles and progressing and just moving your way up the ladder, or have you changed things significantly? Well, I, I think it's the two, you know. I, I changed trainer, uh, mm-hmm. my coach, uh, after uh, last year in Hawaii. I changed, and I, I train now with, with Luke Van Leerde, who won this race two oh, times. So uh, no, re- no relation? No, nothing. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Everyone that, thinks it, don't they? That's a question I get yeah. 15 years now, <laughs> even even this morning at registration, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Every time, every time. No, but yeah, he has a lot of uh, experience here, a lot of experience on, on being on the highest level. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it gives me quite some confidence, you know? And then, yeah, you start the season, everything goes perfect, then you build your own confidence too because I didn't change too much. It's it's all about swim, run and bike, but yeah. Mm. Uh, like, you know, Abu Dhabi was such a big race and one of the things we often talk about is you don't really get many opportunities to race with a really high field and longer distance triathlon. That must have been a really big confidence booster in your own ability, you know. what what Did that change the way you see yourself or, or how you see yourself as a competitor or... Well, you know, not really. I, I'm. I every time I can race uh, a huge field, I I feel uh, it gives me something more. You know, because really? you have the opportunity to beat one uh, all the best guys in the world. So, uh, yeah, I always felt like that, but it didn't change me as a person. It's just uh, yeah, gives you a lot of confidence and and mental drive. And yeah, this summer I met uh, Greg Bennett in in, in France in Forumeux. And he told me the same thing. Uh, a victory like that gives you mental for one or two years. He told me so, and, and that's true. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and um, how 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 is it for the for the tr- 
tra- travelling with the family and, and keeping the family life uh, in, in balance. Yeah, they, so you've they, got the kids doing their maths homework. Do they travel you, with you to most races or is it more just Kona? Yeah, it's more just Kona because this one you spent like three weeks here for a race. Mm. So it's interesting to bring them with you. Mm. But otherwise, if I do other races, it's like yeah, a couple of days in front of the race and then go back home. So uh, mm. To to travel with the kids, it's uh, uh, wouldn't be wouldn't be easy. Quite, uh, Do you travel a lot? Yeah, quite a lot. You know, in winter in Belgium, it's not such a good weather. Mm. So, from December on, I go to Spain, uh, yeah, to South Africa or something. So, uh, once it's April, May, then I can stay home and train train home. But uh, yeah, the rest of the year, I spend quite a lot of time in uh, in other countries. Who are some of maybe the other athletes, obviously yourself, um, that we maybe should be looking out for? Because everybody's talking about you know, Crowley and Raylert and Marino. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. It seems to be the only people... But, 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 but what other ones do you think we should be looking out for? And are there any other um, Belgium athletes as well that we maybe don't, don't, aren't too aware of? Yeah, well, for sure we are a, a small country, but we have uh, four male pros and two female pros at the Ooh. start line. So wow. for a small country, yeah, it's, it's, pretty great. Great. it's pretty great. What is the population of Belgium? Belgium? Uh, ten, 10 million people. So. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, six pros at the start line. And then, yeah, the three you told me we should definitely look at. But then I think there's also a Spanish guy in Ecolanos who will mm-hmm. be... Uh, <coughs> uh, yeah, he Texas, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then Tim O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you, each year it's like that. You can you can count on on ten, twenty people to uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I think the three you call are, are definitely the one. I yeah. think that will that will race for the victory. Yeah. Have you talked with any of the other? We've we've asked everybody. We've talked to um, yeah. whether you've talked to others about team tact- tactics and, and things Working like that, or time. do you just worry about what you're doing? Yeah, I think that's that's the most important thing. Just concentrate on yourself, and uh, we'll see who's who's with you or who's not with you. You know, uh, mm. in in July I was doing the World Championships uh, military in uh, Rio de Janeiro. Oh, and really? I, yeah, mm. and I was. I Did was you win? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a short distance. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got 13. So, but uh, I I was two weeks in the room at Marino, and we really had a good time, but we never talked about taxi- tactics in really? our No, 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 no. <laughs> wow. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's individual, you know, and, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's better to keep your own plan in your head, and then see what you can do on the race itself, but it's, it's an uh, individual sport, so, uh, if you, if you talk with other guys, I think it's to use them for, for your own profit, no? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, I think that's why, why we keep on our own plan? So, you know, ultimate day for you coming up the said day. Uh, what, 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 like, if there was a position, I know we always say we want to have the greatest race and all the rest of it. But do you have a number in your head that you'd like to aim for, as in position? In the oh, field? you know, I never made it to the top ten. Okay. Last year I was fourteen. So, uh, were you close to the top ten last year? <sighs> I don't know. In in minutes, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I I think with the time I had, that normally you are in top ten. But yeah, last year was a fast race and. Yeah. Uh, but you know, top ten, yeah, that would be great for me. And then afterwards, we'll see. My my, my coach had an interview uh, with a with a French magazine, I guess, and he told the guy there are ten spots in top ten. So if there's one for Frederick, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what about um, for for sponsors and stuff? Because sometimes we wonder. Um, uh, this year's a little different, but. You know, if uh, for the guys that aren't finishing the top ten, there's no prize money. Um, is it still important for your sponsors, uh, say, if you come along and, and get 
14th or you're just making an appearance in Kona, um, or would they rather you go off and win, and win, a, win a, you know, like a, a different Ironman, you know, go and maybe win Arizona or, or one of the Wisconsin where you, the field is not so strong? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's definitely, you need, you need um, in a season, you need a victory, mm-hmm. I think, for a sponsor. But also, if you, like me, you can, you can show them you're improving every year in Hawaii. Mm. Um, you can work on long term and tell them, yeah, maybe in a couple of years I'm, I'm able to win that thing there. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's both. Uh, if you come here for like six or seven years and you never really make progress or something, then I think you should make the decision and say, uh, I'll, I'll stay away from Kona. Mm-hmm. But as long as you and your your environment and your sponsors believe you can you can do something, I think you should come back and uh, mm-hmm. and try to improve. Yeah. You know, Abu Dhabi was a pretty big payday, and, and it's, you were saying it before we did the interview that you, you can more sponsors coming on board you know now because you're probably getting better results and, and more profile what is you know like obviously with your situation with the navy and with the army i mean it provides a good lifestyle and gives a lot of safety to be an athlete but what does getting more money in mean for you as an athlete to develop yourself more uh yeah definitely because uh till now i always use my prize money and and everything i got from triathlon to invest and to do new things more more training camps uh yeah have yeah all sort of things that that make you better. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But now it's it's more time to to yeah. How do I have to say that? Um, uh, the, my family yeah. means a lot to me. So they 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 uh, like my wife. Her whole life is is all about me. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 good that they they can enjoy all the things I do. And they can have a profit of it too. So it's a, it's a really good point. We often talk on our show about the, the idea of having balance, you know. And, yeah, 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 and, yeah. and most pro athletes don't have two kids, you know. Like you know, like you know, for, you know, it's, it's pretty rare, really, isn't it? And how do you make sure, you know, because when you're a pro athlete and, and a very selfish sport, yeah. you know, like it, you can become a bit one focused. And but you've got a family, and, and how do you make sure that they are getting what they need from you? Yeah, to make uh, to make a, a good balance during the year too, yeah. because I learned um, to make, yeah, to have several goals in the year, but then take a good rest after it too, and then it's it's time to enjoy the family and yeah, yeah. and sometimes even when we came here too, we we did it in two days from Belgium to Kona. And then we had a stopover in Los Angeles, and we visited like Hollywood and uh, Santa Monica Pier. So yeah, nice. it's all yeah. You have to combine the two, and for me mentally too, it's it's good that I don't always think about triathlon. Mm. You know, so I yeah, keeps you real. Till, yeah, yeah. Till now, I, I have a good mixture, and and uh, that's the best for me. So. Awesome. Yeah. We're looking forward to Saturday. It's going to be an awesome race. Yeah. And, uh, we're cheering you along. We'll be out yeah. there. We're, we're cheering everyone along. We're cheering, we'll be cheering you along to everyone. <laughs> but you'll hear us. We're here because we think you're, you're one of the ones that might come through. So yeah. good luck. We'll have an awesome race and hopefully Thanks a progress from last year, mate. Thanks for coming okay. on the show. Thank you. It's great. It's awesome. awesome. We're going to be yeah, putting it on our. On Okay, John, we've got a great, great name, really, because like Bev and James, we've got BJ next to us. That's right. It's weak, it's weak. Cut, cut, cut. We've got BJ and Christelle here. Where are you guys from? Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City, and how are you feeling for the race? Great. You're both racing? Nah, no, just me. Nice. No, you, you, you can't be with it? No. It's too fast. Too easy. Too easy. <laughs> And so, uh, training's been going well? Good. Yeah. 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 You've been here before? Yeah. And so, what time did you do last time? 9.21. Oh, so you, oh, smoking. So, what are you hoping to do this time? As close to 9 as I can get. Really? It would be great. Really? The, the, the <laughs> Maybe that sub 9 club would be awesome, but you never know what's going to happen out there. So, is this your second time at Kona? Fifth. Oh, fifth. Wow. Wow. 
Where does 921 get you in your age group? What age group are you? Last year. So last year was your PB? Uh, 30, 34. Really? Yeah. So what you're asking is... <laughs> We can't, we can't make any comebacks now. Uh, we're, we're, we're past it, mate. I'm, I'm a musician now, I tell you. And so, um, predictions for the weekend? Uh, as far as who's going to take it out? Yeah. Well, I like the dark horse. Well, not really dark horses, but I like Pete Jacobs. Nice. Uh, and on the lady side, I mean, you can't ever count Chrissy. I mean, Miranda looks good, but Chrissy's so strong. It's just hard to say she can't take it out. We've got more coffees of Hawaii talks around there. Who we got here? Who's this? Who's this? I'm Anne from San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. We'll take a moment. Let's go. See you later, guys. Have a good race. Yeah, yeah. And Anne, you racing this weekend? Um, yes, I am, and I'm a huge fan of you guys. So oh, I'm, that's awesome. I'm, I, you know, I'd ask for your autograph, but oh, I, I, I heated up my arm. We, we suddenly feel famous, don't we, John? We're loving the togs. I'm loving everybody's wearing the togs. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 what's the goal for the weekend? Um, just have a lot of fun. Lot Enjoy fun. the sun. Enjoy the sun. <laughs> is this your first time here? Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, we've had a few people we've just been talking to who've been doing done this race quite a few times. Yeah. What's it like for you turning up this week yeah. as a newbie? Well, I, I've been here to watch the race, yeah. and this is about my 25th Ironman. Oh, really? So it's really unfortunate to be calling me a newbie wow. when I feel like an old-timer. My first Ironman was back in 96. Really? So wow. I still feel like I'm back in that era with uh, Paula and Frazier and <laughs> Fernanda Keller. And, yeah, so... <laughs> And so then, you, you, hey, so you're hoping to, um, what's, what are you hoping to do this weekend? Well, just so since it took me so long to get here, I'm just partying it up and I'm taking it all in. This is, uh, I'm not trying for a PR or anything, I'm just here to enjoy it. What's, what's it like, someone who's done 25 races, you know, this being your 25th, you've obviously always wanted to come here. Well, here's the thing, I've come, I've been one off for the, you know, slots, yep. 10 times. And my closest miss was 15 seconds. So once you come that close, and twice I was less than a minute, once you come that close, man, it's just, it's not even something I want. It's like something, man, if I don't do it, I'm going to never live with myself. So, so where did you end up qualifying? At Canada this year. Wow, so just a few, like just yeah, about three or yeah. four weeks ago. Yeah. Hey, we have a wicked time. It's awesome to see someone who's been in the sport for so long finally get to have the dream. Eh? <laughs> and finally got here, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Still looking, still looking for team, but yeah. Impossible. Hey, give a good one, in. Yeah. Back in the game, eh? Next, next to us, we got we got a we've got an epic camp legend, Louis the Fly. Louis the Fly, I'm telling you, yeah, how you going, mate? Hey, Bevan, how are you? You're good, mate. You're good. Yeah. So, so, so we heard you got a bit sick for a while, mate. What happened? <sighs> Just uh, cardiac issues. So, but you're, I you're fine. A, uh, I had a myocarditis. And I uh, just was on some meds and took a couple months off, and it seemed to resolve itself. And I'm healthy. And, and you're feeling good? Yeah, I'm feeling good. You feeling good about racing this weekend? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. I'm really excited to be here. So. Douglas, you, you, was Douglas on uh, camp when you were there? Uh, uh, Cardiologist? Yes. yes. I asked him about these hard issues. He, he just told everybody to harden up. <laughs> you just told me to tough it up. Yeah, yeah. that's what everyone. When, when you got the issues, you know, like, did you, like, you know, for us, our lifestyle was our sport. I, it, it just, uh, it totally uh, blew me away. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know what to do. I was really lost for a lot for a while, and uh, I just really had to ad- adhere to what the. Uh, cardiologist told me to do and he said you'll be okay yep and you just need to just back it down and just to take take some take a break and uh, i did that and i'm just on some very mild medications 
and my heart seems to be fine now. But it was a couple months. In regards to your training, do you, do you step it down a little bit now because of this? Well, or? I step it down because I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> older and wiser. Yeah. Is this your first time at Kona? No, this is this will be my sixth, but I haven't been here in 11 years. Oh, okay. So, so it's, it's been, been a while. while. It's yeah. been quite a while. So how do you, how do you approach this weekend then? Um, it's really a celebration. Um, just my, my kids are here. You know, they've never seen the race. Um, so I just want to finish and just you know show my show my kids I can do it. So that's it. We'll be there this screaming for you, mate. Go, Louie! We'll say. No traffic, Louie. You'll be sitting off the bat. I'm going to be sitting way off the bat, though. What, what, what kind of time do you think you'll do? Oh, dude, don't, don't put a time out there. Never, never put a time out there. I'm picking a sub nine, mate. Just, just between you and me. <laughs> you have a great race, mate. Great seeing you. Thanks, guys. John, John, uh, who we got here? Eminem. Eminem. <laughs> so we got Mark and Mike. Yeah. And where are you guys from? Both from Honolulu. I'm originally from Sydney. Mike's originally from... Originally from Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Rhode Island. We live in Honolulu. And so you're both racing this weekend? Absolutely. Yeah. You feeling sharp? Yeah, feeling good. Uh, seventh one for both of us. So. Really? Like the anti bunny, never ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the taper's going all right. You feeling good for race day? Feeling good. Having some coffee. And... Is this your seventh Kona? Yeah. To get the togs. To get the togs. It's got his copies of We love that. Sponsored by Albert, the man. Our team. Team nice. Team Velo. Nice. Honolulu based team and uh, sponsored by Coffees of Hawaii. So, so you know, you've, done, a, you've done a seven time, you're more experienced. What, what's the tricks when you've done it for this? You know, what do you learn that you know you didn't know when you did the first one? That uh, it's going to be a long day. Really? <laughs> there will be pain. Do you think it's easier? Not really. It's, you know, it's just, uh, you know, experience counts, there's no doubt about knowing what not to do rather yeah. than, you know, I don't really know what what to do better but uh, just know what not to do and just take your time and ease into that it's run. It's easier right till the first rough patch on the bike and then till you get on the run, right? And so, you know, coming back so quite a few times, what's the appeal? Is it just that it is such an amazing day? Well, yeah, I mean, it is it is pretty good. For me, this is probably my last Kona. Yeah. I'm probably going to retire from Ironman Racing at the end of this year. Wow. So, um, I hope it's in the background going, come on, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> but, yeah, for us, yeah, because we live in Honolulu, so this is like, if you wish, a local, local race. race. Yeah. And we've got the Honolulu Half Ironman Race, which is a really, really fantastic race too. So, yeah, we're sort of limited with the number of races we've got here, but, you know, it's the distance, the, the folks we've met. Yeah. Um, and just coming back and trying to, you know, PR if you can. Yeah. We're both fighting the age curve. We're 45, 49, so we're getting older and yeah. still trying to beat it up. And mix You're it. both looking like you're in your 20s, I tell you. Um, what's the, does the, the event get much coverage in Honolulu in terms of... This race really doesn't. If you pick up, say, Sunday's paper after the race, right, after race day, the local, you know, the star advertiser in Honolulu doesn't really do a whole big write-up. It's, it's actually pretty lame, really. Well, you, you think it would, eh? It's such a big day. event. It's pretty good coverage for local, you know, local stuff, but in Honolulu, the race is not really, you know, it's a mile, so it's actually covered very well. How big was that week? Yeah. We've got people going in the background. Hey, guys, well, um, good luck this weekend. What's the goal? For, what times are you hoping to get? Um, well, we always try for a PR, but... Mike's PR here is 9.40, mine's 9.43, so... Oh, it's pretty close between the boys then, yeah, eh? Yeah, he's, he's running like a maniac. Oh, really? He's going to try to oh, bust see. three. The well, smack talk's already happening, playing it down. Oh, yeah, he's looking sharp. Yeah. <laughs> good luck, boys. Have a good race. Thanks, man.
It's not so flesh, so hopefully we can get it so it's good enough. Okay, John, who we got here? Nathan Bradford. Nathan Bradford, you sound like you're a pom? Yeah, uh, Welsh, not English. Welsh, don't swear at you, don't swear at you. And so how long have you been here for? Uh, we've been here uh, almost a week. And you're racing, you racing this weekend? Yeah, yeah, both racing. You're both racing? And uh, I'm the girlfriend, Jade. Hey, Jade, how you going? Come over here, Jade. Get into it. And uh, where'd you qualify? Bolton. Bolton? Oh, wow. And, and you both qualified did you, in Bolton? Did you set a new yep. run course record there? Well. I did. Hello, Lizzie. Oh, <laughs> qualified in Bolton. What is this? New run course? Run course records in Bolton. They've already got their PBs there. Yeah. But was Bolton? Two miles. UK. UK. 24.1, I think the Garmin got. Cheated. Oh, cheated. Cheated. money. But you'll take the time, eh? Hey, hell yeah. <laughs> so how are we hoping to go this weekend? What time? Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, just to finish. How many Ironman you guys done? Um, this will be my seventh. Yeah. It's my first with Bolton. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're seventh. Wow. Pommy predictions. Uh, I know you're Welsh, but part of the, the the United Kingdom. Have you got a guy? Have you any guys? Uh, I've got Tom Lowe, you're only guy who's got. He's our coach. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's gonna crank it then. Is he feeling all right? Uh, I haven't spoken to him much yet. Liz has met up with him. Yeah, He's feeling all right. Yeah, good. Yeah. They need some meat on him now. Yeah, they get meat, don't they? I said you need a good day, so tell me about it. I went to eat and drink myself to death. So we're going for predictions. Who's going, who's going to take it out in the female and the male field? Oh, I think Crowey. Crowey saw him the yeah. other day. Um, Moto pace on the Queen K is looking pretty good. Really? And I'm liking Duck Buckle. Duck Buckle as well, so you're going to cry and Buckle? Yeah, uh, Chrissy for the girls, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. You guys must love that, eh? Yeah. <laughs> British domi- uh, UK domination. UK domination. Okay, guys, well, yeah. good luck on racing. Morrison and Joycey. Oh, so, okay, yeah, we're going to catch, we'll catch up with Joycey tonight. Go, Joycey! We saw her running last night. She was smoking, so. Yeah. It's all good. Hey, guys, you're in great race. Unlike yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Record. Okay, we have uh, last year's runner-up. We turned up early, and the poor girl was getting ready, and, and she was brushing her teeth. And, uh, <laughs> and, and have you uh, brushed your teeth today? No, I haven't. <laughs> Shut <Shopping>. up. <laughs> um, Caroline Stephen, last year's runner-up. So welcome along to the show, Caroline. Thank you. Um, it's great having you here. <laughs> well, just before we started, it was quite interesting. I said, uh, uh, "Well, she was brushing her teeth." Brushing her teeth. Yeah, um, yeah I had some garlic for lunch. Oh, well. nice, no, good strategy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. counts me out. Um, but we were just asking about your kind of performances and um, I wasn't sure if last year was your first year and you said that you came here in uh, 2006 as an age group. Tell us a bit about, about that race and, and how where things progressed after that. Um, I did just for fun an, an Ironman in summer 2006 and then I got qualified and someone said, you could qualify for Hawaii. I said, what's Hawaii exactly? And they said, that's the world championship. And I thought, okay, it's maybe a good thing to go. So I came to Kona and... Uh, yeah, it was race, race and it came third, I guess. Third nice. in my age group. And really? it was, it was so wait a second, so you, you're doing Ironman for fun, <laughs> as you do, and then you turn up to, you didn't even know what the world champs were, <laughs> and then you turn up and you get third in your first race. Yeah. Wow. I was um, first out off the bike, first mm. off the bike, and then got catched by a girl, and then just before, um, before the finish line got catched off another girl. So I came third and... Uh, I went to the stage on the ceremony and I got this, you know, this ball, with, um, wow. and I was it was really exciting for me and I was yeah. very happy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just the day after when I left Kona, I told myself I want to come back. I want to come back to Kona, but I want to be back as a pro. I don't yeah. want to be on a stage again. Yeah. So last year, four years later, I came back as a pro, 
And my goal was to finish top 10 because top 10 can go on the stage. And yeah. I packed my skirt already. You know, <laughs> nice so now I came here with the only goal I want to be on this stage. And uh, then I got second. It was very, well, very surprising. Yeah, yeah. What happened in between that, that period there, um, between 2006 and, and obviously 2010 in terms of your progression and, and what you did in that time? Uh I swapped over to road cycling straight after Hawaii and I've uh, been racing for two years for a road cycling professional team. And uh, why, did, why did you do that at that time? You know, you'd, you'd come to Hawaii, I know you hadn't raced as a pro, but if you're getting a top age group slot, that normally means you're pretty decent, you know, that's a path that you can explore. Why did you go to, back to cycling? Because in the race, this part on the bike, I like it so much, I thought maybe I should oh, do okay. first a bit more to cycling, road cycling, and then... If I don't like it or if it's not the right thing to do, I still can go back to triathlon. It's it's not too late. Yeah. So I spent two years with, with road cycling and I, I improved heaps on, on the bike and I, I learned a lot. On, and then I got back to triathlon and uh, it works pretty good at the moment. I reckon I can... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it hasn't turned out too bad for you, has it? Yeah. <laughs> About the road cycling, though, for, for a female, um, how... Is, can you can you actually make an okay living out of it? Were you at a, at a high enough level where you could do that, or how did that sort of work? No, that was the problem. I still had to work seventy seventy percent. So it means mm. uh, I was working all all in the morning always until two o'clock, and then I went for training in the afternoon. Mm. And to be really on the top, I should stop working, but there was no money around, so mm. I was between. Should I try to be a professional cyclist, but then I don't have any money, or mm-hmm. I keep going and working and just do it as Switzerland's well, not the best place to be without money. <laughs> it's no, it's pretty expensive, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I suppose at the time, like you came to Kona last year with the idea of getting a top 10, and you know, I'm sure you're over the moon with your performance, but even stepping away from cycling and coming back into triathlon, it's not known as a money sport, if you know what I mean. So, was that a worry coming into it? No, because I still still worked, so I didn't. Oh, I never okay. stopped with working, so I keep going with working. Went back to triathlon, and then, uh, yeah, a half a year later, when I got back to triathlon, I went to Australia with a friend for training for two months just to get ready for an Ironman in Australia, and. Um, yeah, I fell in love. And, uh, oh, really? <laughs> oh, with a band? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. Not in sport. Yeah, with the sport and the band. Oh, no, the sport is the band, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, it was David. And um, I did this race in, in, in Port Macquarie 2009. And I came third behind uh, Chrissy Wellington and Rebecca Keith. Yeah. And I crossed the finish line and he... He said, oh, you should be professional. And I said, I'm a professional. I just came third. It was yeah. the best race ever. And he said, yeah, but you're still working. That's, that's too much. You should, you should stop working. Like, you should be a, a real pro. And I said, okay, let's do it. So I quit my job. And, uh, uh, yeah, I just stayed in Australia a couple of months longer and told my family I'm not coming back to Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> quit my job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, I just quit my job and uh, quit my unit in Switzerland, just everything. And I... Uh, Wow. And then... Was yeah. that scary? Yeah, really scary. Why? Because I had no money. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, I had a really good job. I liked my job. And yep. uh, I quit everything. And I, I called my family and I told them I'm not coming back to Switzerland. I'm staying in Australia with a man which I know since one month. So yeah. it was a bit crazy. Yeah. But in this stage, I had this feeling of 
I have to do that now. That's exactly what I need at the moment. Mm. That's a good step in the right direction. Mm. And a half a year later, I joined the team TBB and started to train with Brett Sutton. And one month later, I won my first 70.3. And half a year later, I got second in code. So it's what sort of other changes he made to your cycling? Because you, you know, if you came from your from doing your first Kona, then you went and raced with with road cyclists and and sort of got in that world. What sort of transition did did what changes did Brett make to your cycling, uh, if any? Uh, I reckon the biggest change was um, he stopped to riding me my bike like a cyclist. Oh really? Because it's different cycling yeah. and triathlon. It's two different sports, and I still was a cycling like a road cyclist, but I mm. had to stop that and. He told me why, and he he changed a few things on my position, and and uh, I knew if I want to train with him, I have to trust him, I have to believe him, and mm-hmm. I have to change everything straight. So oh. it took me one day, and I changed everything, and then uh, yeah. An interesting thing I just asked you before that I found found really interesting was uh, I said I oh, was Brett over here. Um, obviously, there's a there's a few of your athletes racing, and and you see he do- doesn't come to, come to races. He says by the time you get there, you you should be ready. Yeah, exactly. He's uh, he's. I stay with him nearly all all over the whole year, and uh, I see him every day, and I contact him every day, and uh, but he is training us like till the race, and then we should be able to race. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. How important was it to join T Team T T T B B? Jeez, I stuffed it up that time. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a mouthful. Um, how, how important was it for you to join that team? So there, at, um, at that stage, because you were, I imagine you which team? Uh, team T B B. Jeepers, man! Um, but how important was it for you to do that at that time? Because you were you're quite fresh, weren't you? You've been quite successful, but I can't imagine you had that much triathlon knowledge around what you were doing, or did you? No, not really. I, I just swam like a swimmer and, and, and rode my bike like a, like a road cyclist. Yeah. And I had no idea about running. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Clearwater, got fourth place, and I thought, okay, that's pretty good to be my own coach and have absolutely no idea about triathlon. But I knew if I want to be really on the top, if I want to want to make this step, I have to change something, and it has to be a big change and has to be probably a coach as well. So I got in t- contact with him, and first he said, ah. Oh, Probably not, and, oh, really? and I got back to him actually three or four times till he yeah. said, "Okay, you, you're in the team." And then I started working with him, and I, it just worked pretty good. I reckon it was a perfect decision to to train with him, and a really big step and important step to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, last year's race obviously went fantastically well. Was it was there any parts of the race that you weren't happy with? Um, obviously, fantastic bike. Um, what about the rest of the race? Um. Yeah, I had a really good race. Yeah. If I look back now, I mean, I had a fantastic run. Yeah. And I crossed the finish line, and I, someone told me it was awesome. You marathon. I said, oh, no, I felt awful. I, I, oh, I reckon really? it was really slow. And I said, no, it was a three o five. I said, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah. It that doesn't feel like a three o five. Actually, after transition two, when I started running after three four k, I felt like, oh, I need to sleep. I just just want to have a little nap next to the road and then, <laughs> yeah. but then I start talking me oh you can't have a nap now that's really bad <laughs> yeah, bad moment <laughs> that's not how you want to race <laughs> no, have a sleep under a tree next to the race course that's just not, not a good moment so I just keep going and then I don't remember the the part between after Polanyi Road and Enchilac is all the mm. way out I don't remember really? no I don't remember wow. that one 
and mm. yeah, I just keep going and push myself. And uh, when I realized, okay, you're top three now, and uh, I knew and Julie probably will struggle after entry lap, and then I saw her walking, I thought, okay, mm. she's gonna even sleep under the tree. That was a problem. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I suppose the thing is, going into last year's race, you, you were a bit of an unknown. You know, you, you'd had some success and, and you were doing really well, but you know, you hadn't pulled off a second in Kona as such. What's changed about your career? Excuse me. What changed about your career from that moment forward? Like now, people look at you as a competitor, and people are going to be watching you to see what you do in your race. Do you notice there's a difference in with the way other athletes are responding to you and how you treat the race? Just here in Kona? Oh, or? just in general. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit different because I always was the ferry last year in each race. The mm. year before in 2010, I was the dark horse, yeah. and then the year later, I was always the favorite. So the people start watching me, and yeah. uh, also the girls in the race, they thought, okay, if I'm going out with Caroline, I'm, I'm in a good position. Oh, really? And before I was happy, if, uh, I can say, if I go out with these girls, I'm in a good position. So everything changed yeah. a little bit. There was a bit more pressure, a bit more busy before the race with media. Yeah. And, but i got to be used to, and that's, that's okay. I reckon that's a part of our job to... Um, and so you just find that the extra workload and the extra pressure, you, you adapted to that pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the tactics this year? We're going to see you, you girls. We've got Karen Thurig just wandering out the door. Um, Bye. You guys going to... Bye. Bye. We'll come and talk to you maybe tomorrow if you're, if you're free. Oh, we're just doing our interviews, yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll talk to you later, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you girls are, are... I mean, uber cyclists, the two of you, you know, um, can really open some... Some cams, cans of whoop-ass out there on the bike. Nice. That was is, pretty sharp, mate. <laughs> tactics on the bike. Obviously, you know, you're going to get this all week, is, is how you're going to counter Chrissy. I mean, is that, in your mind, are you thinking, I've got to try to figure out a way to beat Chrissy, or are you thinking, I've just got to go out there and do the best I can and, and hope for the best? Does she come into your plans? I don't know where she will be after swim. Mm. If she's behind me, I'm definitely not waiting for her. Yeah. If she's in front, I definitely try to catch her. So my tactic is just to go full on, like what I'm always doing. That's just a TBV tactic. Um, yeah. Have a good swim and go really strong on the bike and then see what, what's left in the round. That's just that. Really? So you just did your attitude just all out? Just all out. All out. That's what you have to do. Yeah. And, uh, Especially when this race, isn't it? You know, like other races, you can probably get away with a bit of... You know, not quite having your 100% day, but if you want to win Kona... Yeah, you have to go full on from the start. So you're happy to go out there and basically go or blow? You know, would you, you, you're not going to leave anything... Uh, I don't know, what am I trying I would to say? say all in. All yeah. in? Yeah. All in. All in. That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> before you did your first triathlon, what were you doing before that? Because you're, you're obviously pretty successful pretty quickly, and, and I can't imagine you were doing nothing. What were you doing before you even did... I was a professional swimmer over oh. 12 years. Oh, yes. really? Oh. Yeah. What did you swim? Uh, 200 freestyle. Times? 202. Nice. Yeah, I think I did a four <laughs> minute, four minute three. It's where did that put you? Is that like on the national relay team or you national um, Olympic level? Where, where, where does that put you? Um, I got a spot twice in a world champs yeah. with the national team in a relay to uh, four by 200 freestyle. Yeah. And we got fifth. Oh, the world champs. Oh, really? So, yeah. so, and did you even get to go to the Olympics? No, I was the fifth girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, missed it in 2000. One, one thing we often talk about with, with swimmers, swimmers do tend to have a pretty mental, mentally tough attitude. You know, you've been brought up all your life 
pushing yourself and it seems to be a bit of a swimmer's thing. It's a big it? work ethic. Yeah, big work ethic. Do you think that really has transitioned you well into the sport? You know, there is a pretty high pain threshold when we do races like you're going to do this weekend. Do you think that's one of the reasons you are successful? I reckon the main reason why I'm so successful is um, I just love sport. I like to do it and uh, I improve pretty quick and I adapt everything what's new very quick so yeah I can switch between the sports and if someone is telling me what I have to do I can switch pretty quick and my body is just adapting whatever whatever is new. So where were you out of the swim last year were you because Joycey was leading wasn't she Rachel Joyce or yeah. Julie Dibbins? And- yeah I missed um, the first group so I came out with the girls in sixth position or something yeah. in a big group of Four or five. Yeah. Nice. So then, to be in the, the yeah, I should be. I don't know what happened last. Yeah, I was going to say. I should be in the front group. Again, yeah. it, it, it sounds potentially similar to the guys' race. You know, there is talk about there maybe being six or seven really strong guys in the swim, and you know, and they're being aggressive and they're trying the to make like, a breakaway I, on the I bike. I guess um, if you, Julie Dibbins, Joycey three or four of you get away, strong bikers, you know, could, could see a bit of break, bit of pressure put on. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Any tactics? You talk, talk tactics with other girls? I reckon it's a bit different this year because yeah, we, get a, we get a five-minute, uh, the, the men get a five-minute head start. Do they? I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's what I hear. Do so. your peas, mate. You're the professional, no, yeah. It says, it says 6.30 pro start, so it's, it's five minutes t- between. So you literally start yeah. by yourselves. Wow, yeah, it doesn't yeah. make a difference. That makes yeah. it really different. Yeah, so yeah. I actually can see where I am, and yeah. I don't miss any girls. Yeah. Because nice. last year just catched the wrong feed, and then uh, yeah, the front crew was just gone. Good move, so. WTC. I like that move. Yeah, it's a, that is a good move. It's a nice move. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So we have our own race, and also on the bike, we're not uh, the front girl yeah. not catching any any pro males. So that's that's pretty good. Are there any team TBB? I'm just looking at t-shirt. Nice, yeah. uh, guys racing over here? Uh, yeah, two. Yeah. Um, Hero from Japan. Oh yes. And yeah. George. I can't say his family now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all right. Just good old George. Little George. Little, little George. 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 Okay, He's good. probably two metre tall, but yeah, little George. He awesome. came fourth blade in, in Frankfurt. And the other girls racing, you've got you, uh, Mary, Mary Beth, Beth Alice. And Maki Mouse, Japanese girl. Okay, yeah. yeah. Nice. Righty ho. And, uh, oh, am I allowed to ask one more question? Yeah, that's another question. Oh, he tells me when to stop. He's, he's like my mother, I tell you. Um... <laughs> So, long term, you know, this race is obviously a key focus for this week. How old are you? 33. 33, so you've got years in front of you. Um, <laughs> not, not a good question to ask a woman, they say, no, hey, no sorry. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, moving forward, you know, what's the kind of path for the rest of the year in that moving forward? For the rest of the year? Yeah, and kind of, you know, where do you progress from here? Uh, still have to, f- to define some titles. There's yeah. a race in Noosa. News of Triathlon, which I won last year. Nice. And that's um, pretty quick soon after. That's like in three or four weeks. Yeah, no. I think we commented on that time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we were talking nice. about it. Yeah. And then uh, I'm doing Las Vegas ATU Long Course World Champs. Nice. Which I won last year. But why do you want to do that race? Because like, in the big scheme of things, it's... it's pretty reasonable money, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Pretty reasonable. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. And I mean... Yeah, and then I'm doing Phuket 70.3 as well. Do you, what do you like better? Do you like the Ironman or the, um, the 70.3? Uh, 
seventy point three. Oh, really? Recover a bit quicker. Yeah, really. <laughs> so is a it less painful? Nice. <laughs> do, you, do you miss you know in the cycling world? This is to ask someone else about this. I think yesterday, but in the cycling world, you're racing all the time. You know, mm. pretty much every weekend, you, mm. and and it's hard racing all the time. When you come to triathlon, especially if you're doing Ironman, I know you get to do a few more seventy point threes, but you're probably racing. How many races would you do a year? 12, 14? Yeah, so you go from cycling where you're probably doing somewhere from 30 to 40 races a year to, you know, down to, you know, this small number. Do you miss racing? No. Oh, no, you don't? too much. If you race every week, you you um, you um get actually bored of racing. Oh, really? And sometimes we had races in the middle of the week, like a little criterion and stuff, so we had one or two races a, a week. And yes. And now in cycling sport, you need that to get ready. You get fit. That's a part of the training, but... I prefer in triathlon to get ready over a month or over two months and then just show a really good race and then go back to training. And and, and, and does it help to make it a bit more exciting? Because if you're racing all the week, I imagine, as you're saying, it's kind of like it's just another race. Yeah. Whereas if you know you're working towards this one goal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I need, you, need, um, you need to be ready in, in your head as well. And how do you how do you get ready in your head? We're gonna get some 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 Swiss, some Swiss in here before we finish. Oh, do you know some Swiss? Get some, no, I don't. Oh. I know oh. some German. Oh. We're, we're common. Oh, but what's, what's German got to do with Swiss? <laughs> well, nothing. Swiss German. Nothing. No, no, that's no, nothing. absolutely nothing. 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 That's nothing. nothing to do. It's just <laughs> yeah. next to each other on the map. Does I say we're Australian? That's like mm, Australian that's, that's and Kiwis. They're yeah. not having anything no, to do together. No. Yeah. We play rugby, but it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but, but how do you how do you mentally prepare? What about my Swiss? Oh, okay. How can you say Swiss? I'm, how do you say I love you in Swiss? Because no, no. I always want to know I love you in lots of different languages. In Swiss, yeah. in Swiss German. Yeah. Swiss German. Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you already knew that one. Did I? Yeah. I know lots of them, but I forget <laughs> yeah. them. Because um, what's um, what I need. Yeah, mm. it's Chinese. Um, what about? Can you say I'm going to crush all the girls? <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> In Swiss German. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Let she, me think about it. She's going to do it, John. She's going to do oh, it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to crush them. I'm going to destroy them. <laughs> Oh, it sounds yeah. mean, doesn't it? <laughs> there we go, nice. So, so for your mental game, jeez, I'm getting pretty warm, I'm starting to sweat. Um, for your mental game, how do you prepare? Do you have like a, a kind of a process in place to get yourself mentally ready for race day or you know, in the morning so you're switched on? Is there a bit of a process you go through or... Like if you look at John and I, if John, if you meet John before the race, he doesn't want to talk to you. He goes and he's got this real process and he sticks to it. And I'm out there talking to everybody and waffling on. And, and I think we all, over the times, as an athlete, you learn a way that works for you. And and what what is the mental process you go through to be that puts you in the right state of mind on race day? Mm, first of all, I like to be a part of the whole. Um Atmosphere. Oh, okay. like I like this music and all these crazy people around, yeah. and I actually need that in the morning. So it kind of lifts you. Yeah, to feel like okay, I'm a part of the whole show here. Yeah. And then after a while, I need a bit, bit to be on my own to get get ready for a swim start and everything. But um, I never listen to music or something because I want to be a part of of, of the game of, of this show and I want to be in the middle of everything and I yeah. just hear all these people and yeah. We'll make, sure we, we'll make sure we put some atmosphere down there on Saturday. Oh, you'll hear us. Don't worry about that. You're looking at us. I thought that swim so I'm quite excited about that. But anyway, we know you've got plenty more interviews coming up. So yeah, thanks thank so much for your time. time. It's, we know it's thank really you, busy for you guys. Who have, and you know. uh, we're going we're gonna to... 
get that saying down pat. What, 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 did, you, what did you say? We'll, we'll, I'll listen to it later. We'll, okay, we'll, the we'll, quiz we'll, is we'll, tomorrow. You have to say it on the show. And we'll, start, we'll be chanting it out on the Queen K. Okay. okay. We'll, we'll sound a bit funny when we're saying to girls that we're going to crush them. But, yeah, that's okay. But anyway. That's okay. You're the only girl who's actually done smack talk. Yes. And I know it was a bit of a funny thing, but we, we love you for doing that. <laughs> yes. Thanks. Awesome. Yes. Have a great race. Have a great race. Thanks for the time. Thank you, guys. Sweet. Cool. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we've got Lizzie. Where are you from, Lizzie? Um, I live in Brighton, but I grew up in Germany in the north. And I'm Jane Because you've got the kind of mixed, mixed, mixed kind of accents happening, haven't you? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, people always guess that I'm from Sweden, which is a bit funny, but I guess it's because I'm tall and blonde, so... <laughs> and so you're racing this weekend? Yes, yes. How are you feeling about the race? Um, pretty relaxed, actually. It's um, my second time here after 2009, so... Um, and the a change, I'm not injured, so everything seems a lot better. Um, and I'm just really looking forward to it, because it's... Nice and sunny. First time we come here, you know, yeah, it is nice and sunny. First time we come, you come here, it is that whole enjoying so much, you know, of, of this experience. What is it like coming back a second time? Um, well, you're more focused on the race because you don't really have to go and experience everything. You kind of, you're more willing to give stuff a miss. Like you say, you know, you've got a session plan. You think, oh, it's proud of nations. Don't really go. And so yeah. you just think, oh, well, maybe not. Yeah. Because I'd rather get out on my bike. <laughs> um, but the first time round, you obviously want to take it all in, and you, you don't know if you're coming back ever. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's very, very different. And what are you hoping to achieve this weekend? Um, I'd quite like to go quicker than last time. So. Um, I don't know. If I give anything under 10.30, I'm a happy bunny. So. Oh, I've spoken, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, fundamentally, as always, you just want to finish in one piece, really. And predictions for the weekend? What are you predicting? For me or for others? Yeah, for, the, for the pros. Um, well, seeing that I'm an honorary Brit, I would say Chrissy, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> top 10 overall. <laughs> Top 10 overall. I don't know. She was 23rd, wasn't she? So, well, maybe 15. I don't know. Yep. And the boys sort of things? Um, um, I quite like to see Rila win, but you know, you never know. I think he's been close, so he deserves to, to do it this time. Hey, well, good luck this weekend and go, you good thing. Yeah, good to see you. Edward, what's your last name? Wallace. Edward Wallace. We've got Edward Wallace, and he's almost like a legend of a legend show, John. He is, because in uh, November, we, we keep pushing it out a little bit. November is going to be the launch of Legends and Triathlon. November 2013. Yeah, and uh, we had some help doing our logo, and Ed helped us out. And we, we put the sign out, and we said we want the audience to create the logo, and we've got quite a few good ones, but Ed came through as the winning design. And so how are you going, Ed? I'm going great, man. This is awesome. And so, so wait a second, you are, you're a designer, or you just... Yeah, I'm a graphic designer. Yeah. Nice. Part-time triathlete. <laughs> The good thing about it was he gave us like 10 different options, didn't he? He goes, yeah, we've got some, we've got some scope here. Yeah. And so is this your first time in Kona? Yeah, first time. You feeling good? I'm feeling great. This is amazing. You come to Kona and, and there's so many people with experienced people. Sometimes it's like you get overwhelmed by advice and you know what's happening out there. How have you found that side of it? Well, well, I just got in last night, so this is really my first thing, just getting out here and you know getting to experience this. It's something I've heard a lot about and uh, just wanted to come out here and do this. So. Uh, actually, I didn't qualify. I'm just here with Scott Rigsby. I'm uh, one of his handlers. Oh, that's and, where you are too. Yeah, tell us about that. So Scott Rigsby was the first double amputee to finish Kona on prosthetics, and so he's out here to do it again, helping raise money for uh, for he's got his own uh, private charity, the Scott Rigsby Foundation. Website uh, ScottRigsbyFoundation.org. Right. And um, so we're here raising money for wounded warriors and uh, other para athletes that uh, that need help getting prosthetics and traveling around, and also children that need help getting prosthetics. So, so what, what does it mean for you this weekend when you're helping Scott out? What does it entail? 
Uh, well, I've been his handler before at other events. He's actually got his prosthetics coming out to be his official handler at this race, so he'll be in transition with him. But he's actually on the other side of the boat right now, so we just swam out here together. Me and Scott, one of his coaches, and then we're going to go for a run this afternoon. So just help him support, get everything, get all the SAG stuff ready, and make sure his head's in the right place, because he's got so many like media obligations, doing interviews with you guys and stuff. And so he needs some help just getting everything kind of settled so he doesn't have to worry about all the small stuff. So that's what I'm here for. We're going to have an interview with Scott uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. so uh, you guys will hear more about it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, good luck, mate, and thank you so much for doing our design. All right, no, I'm happy to do it, man. You're a legend of the show. All right. Love you, mate. Thanks, mate. How's that? Yeah, that's That's good. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. Okay. Right, we've got Lou Hollander here, who is uh, legend, legend, and legend, w- legend. One yeah. of four um, racing in the that's quite staggering in the eighty to eighty four age group this year. And we were just talking to him before, and he was saying that if he completes the race this year, he'll be the oldest finisher ever. So you take the record. That's correct. And, and are the people you're racing this weekend can't beat you in that. They're all eighty, I believe, and uh, I'm eighty one. Nice, nice. So no, nobody eighty one has ever done it before. Really? Wow. And and um, when you come here each year, um, you know you've been here since uh, your first Ironman. I think it was nineteen eighty five. My first Ironman was nineteen eighty five. Correct. Yeah. And um, how much of a battle these days is it for you? To, is it a battle to make the cutoff, or is, is are you confident you can you can finish it and get through it? It's just a matter of making the cutoff, or is it uh, are you out there to go as fast as you possibly can? How do you sort of? Well, approach I think the it? first the first year I came in nineteen eighty five, I was fifty five years old. Um, I think I did 15, 40, 15 hours, 47 minutes, I believe. That's close. So 15, 40, something, I think it was 47. And last year, 25 years later, I was 15, 48. Wow. One minute slower, 25 wow. years older. So wow. I like that a lot. But I had a good year. Last year was sort of a magic year for me. I, I, I just Everything went right. You know, a lot of years, everything goes wrong. Yeah. And, um, but was last year a bit of a... a, a um, Against the grain, like were you going slower than that, or is it kind of do you normally sit around fifteen hours? Well, I mean, why did I get a, a, such a fast time? Well, was that normal for you to go around that time? Yes, yes, oh, it is. yes okay. Yes, yes. okay. So you're certainly at, at that time. You're not um, at the back of the field, are you? I mean, there's plenty of people behind you if you're doing fifteen and a half. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be last. <laughs> and what, when you first started in '85, you know, it's. We know it's a completely different ball game these days in terms of where the sport's at, and there's been huge advancements. In those early years, what, what was it that, that, that drew you over here and, um, and made you want to do Ironman? Well, I ran uh, in 84, I think I ran the Western States 100 miles, which you're probably not yeah, familiar yeah, no, with, but that's, a, that's, a, that's the premier ultra marathon, you know, 100 miles, and it's over the roughest country you can imagine. And, uh, I think outside did a, an article on it and said, this is, "If there's anything tougher, we don't want to know about it." <laughs> so, uh, it, and I finished that, and I said, "Well, what do I do next?" I've been doing a lot of ultra running, and then eh, you know I'm getting tired of that. And I said, "Well, let's triathlons." I didn't even have a bike, and so I sent an entry in, and I'd done the Western States, so they let me in. In '85, you could sort of they looked at who you were; they didn't yeah. let everybody in, but it was a little bit open. They didn't have to qualify, for example. And so I got in. I said, "Uh oh, what do I do now?" Yeah. <laughs> I went down to bike shop and said, "I got, <laughs> I got to get. I could just give me the best bike you have. I can't really have time to fool around with this thing." And uh, and I went out. Uh, I went out riding with the bike club, you know. And I'll never forget the first time I went with them. They all rode, and and, and I rode, and um, they they all finished, and and I was a little behind, like way behind. 
and I rode in, and one of the guys said, Lou, did you have a flat tire? Uh-huh. And I have never forgotten that. <laughs> I said that never. once to go I, I mean, what a put-down, you know. So <laughs> then I really got busy, and I, I, I don't come in last now. <laughs> um, like I was saying before, we, we interviewed uh, Sister Madonna um, one or two weeks ago, and, and, and she must have started around about the same time, I think, around We're 85. the same age. Yeah, but we're, we're right there. But, She's in September. I think I'm a little older than her, but not much. She she was sort of um, I don't know, a little bit disillusioned with where the sport has come to now. And you know, back in those days, it was very much uh, I wasn't there, but very much a, an adventure and uh, and very low key. And you and I don't know a bit more of maybe family atmosphere. And, and now it's it's a commercial. It's um, it's business. Uh, it's competitive. There's quite a hard nosed attitude out there for a lot of people when they come to Kona. Do you like the way the sport's advanced, or did you prefer oh, it the way it ab- was? Absolutely. No, no. I, this thing has grown from zero to a, a mega industry. It's a great, great sport. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most healthy, and, I, and I've lived through it for 25 years, more, more than that. And I think it's the best sport you can do for your body, for your health, for longevity, et cetera, et cetera. No, I'm very excited about what Ironman has done. Contrary, I, I've talked to Sister Madonna all the time, of course, mm. and I know her feelings. But, but, and she does ex- exactly what you expressed. But from my standpoint, I think it's wonderful that this sport has grown. And Ironman has done a phenomenal job in expanding from what eight or ten or twelve guys whatever they had the mm-hmm. first time you know of course they they have just exploded and made this sport uh, an exciting and wonderful event and most important for me as an old man this is a venue that i can participate just think i'm sitting here 81 years old and i can go out there and compete in a sport that the whole world is going to look at Mm-hmm. What other sport can I do that in? None. Yeah. If I were playing baseball, for example, who would look at an 81-year-old guy running around the field with a bat and a glove? I mean, I used to be a pretty good baseball player, but, you know, that's gone. But I'm still in the Ironman. I'm in the Ironman. This is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I think, I, think what's, uh, it, I think it's a really good point that you mm-hmm. made, and I think that the Ironman group has really done a great thing for older people. If you had been that dinner Monday night, you know, I was the MC there, and we had a couple of hundred people there, and they're all over over 60 years old. Wow. We used to have like five or six, wow. <laughs> you know. I mean, it has grown the old, old people. For, 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 for the Iron Man has given us a venue so that we're not uh, warehoused, for example. I mean, what happens to old people? They think they wind up playing golf or some other stupid thing. So, uh, <laughs> so, well. is this, so is this a dinner that you that, that is here annually? That that you, if you're over sixty, you can come along to to a dinner that you, you put come, on. You, come, you, you come to year? my dinner anyway. No, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I noticed on your your website um, that you've you've got some an article there on sort of the, the aging athlete and the older athlete. Mm-hmm. You've obviously come from a background where. You've been active, you know. You've done the Western States 100. You've done a lot of running stuff, so you've had that ingrained in you. But do you have advice for people who are older that are looking to to try to get more active and, and how they can do that in a, in a safe way? They're not going to go out and nuke themselves. Well, of course, it would be nice to start when you were younger. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and 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 as you point out, I, I've been doing endurance events. I started in horses and horse horse events. I'm in the Hall of Fame for the American Endurance. Ride conference, so that took 20 years, and and that's a riding 100 miles on one horse one day, and get off and run with your horse and all that stuff, and so it's a very intense thing. So I'm used to doing these long, long 24-hour 
events. And, and so it would be nice to start off with a little bit of background before you tried the triathlon. But, of course, there's a lot of short triathlons that people can do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my mantra, as I have on my webpage, is uh, go anaerobic every day. I know it sounds a little trite, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, go anaerobic every day. Go, well, that's, yeah, that's my, yeah. That's my little little cliche, you know. Yeah. Go anaerobic every day. Now, a lot of people say, okay, old people, they go out and walk. Some people, you know, say, oh, I've walked three or four miles. Wow, I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, that's good. It's better than not walking three or four miles. But there's something magic that happens when you go anaerobic. And, uh, and my, my neighbors, I was one day I was talking to them, and they said, what are you doing, Lou? And I said, well, I'm going to go out and run two or three miles, and then I'm going to run, do fartleks, you know, and run until, I've, until, I, uh, until I'm anaerobic. And they said, what does that mean? I, that means you can't breathe. And they said, well, how do you know when you get there? I said, well, you know exactly when you get there. You're going to fall over. <laughs> so it's not, it's not rocket science. You know, you know exactly when you get there. And, but the, what I'm trying to say is that there's a magic zone. This is, I'm, I'm a, I am a scientist, but I'm not a medical person. Mm. But there's a magic zone that you get when you push yourself to that, that, that limit when you get to the anaerobic threshold. And a lot of chemistry changes in, I promise you. And you look around this room last night of all these old guys, and that chemistry is taking effect. And they all look young. I mean, they look good, you know. Mm-hmm. They, it's a, it's a, it's a, it really, I think that's the key to extending life and, and, and making a healthier person. Um, you know, you've been in the sport for t- over 25 years. How do, you, how do you, like, the aging body, how do you, what do you do to make sure that the body is in... A, being looked after, and B, can still perform at its best as you're kind of going through the aging process. Let's see, I don't quite grasp the question. Uh, I feel fine. So you don't, you don't feel like I don't have you have a to problem. things more? So like- I just go aerobic every day, and everything, yeah. everything locks into place. It's, my body looks around and says, damn, he's going to do it again. So yeah. it just uh, 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 sort of adjusts. So, so of course I have inju- excuse me. I, of course I have injuries, and, and then I have to ju- deal with those. And that's the beautiful part of triathlon is that, you know, if you get the little calf muscle hurts you, it's okay. So you just swim a little more, bike a little more, do whatever you can do, and you got all these other faucets. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a you know, typical training week for you? What are you? What are you sort of doing? Number of swims, number of bikes, number of runs, training volume. Everybody asks me that, <laughs> and, and I, I vary it depending on what my body tells me first. That's that's the one I listen to, and then what the guys are doing second, because mm-hmm. I like to go with the with you know with the they're all faster and better than me, so I have to keep up with them, and uh, they put up with me though, <laughs> and so uh, we have fun, and so uh, uh, so I I don't I I vary my my training to to adjust to what. Uh, if there's a little race in town or something, and there are guys who are going to ride Wednesday, I ride with them, you know, and the, the, all these kind of different. Um, so, I, I, you want numbers? Um, well, I do go out and I do try it. to get to the pool, you know, like uh, three, four times a week, but during the summer, of course, I can swim in the lakes, and I might get, mm. a, get a mile and a half, two miles swimming, so then that would cover it. And, uh, I run every, every day if I can, but. Uh, and then I bike uh, when when I can get get a good bike ride, and maybe three or four times a day, a week, four times. Do you still go out and do like big long rides and training, or you? Yeah, just well, say? we have a magic mountain behind us, you know, so I can ride up a bachelor and I can ride up that mountain, and that's that's one hell of a day. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, expectations for this year? Any any? Have you done anything different this year? Has it been a sort of standard year, outstanding year? Well, it's been a different year for me. I have a number of personal problems, but uh, 
Uh, it um, over last year. Last year was a perfect year. I just turned eighty. I was the only one in my age group. I liked that a lot, uh, <laughs> and and everything just went perfect. I mean, smoothly. I had a good. The transitions were just right. I didn't have any problems, uh, and uh, so that was a good year. This year, I, I would be the oldest. So I think as long as I can get in under the seventeen hours, I'm just going to take it easy, mm-hmm. and so. So it's, I'm a little I'm, a, I'm I'm less prepared this year than I was last year. I was right on it last year, and this year as I got other issues. So I'm yeah. I'll you know, like you, you, you speak, speak to a lot of the pros over the last couple of days, and you know you talk to them about well they're going to do the race this weekend, and or they've done the race last year, and they've reassessed where they're going to go. And and I imagine for an athlete who's been doing it for so long, doing triathlon for you know a long time, have you had times in your triathlon career where become a little bit stale and what did you do I was just thinking of our listeners right now you know some people have been doing it for you know 10 15 years and then there are times where it maybe gets a little bit stale what have you done at those times to make sure if you have experienced that to make sure you get the passion back in the sport I I, I don't get stale you've never had a time where you've just been a bit no I'm just not that good <laughs> so uh, I, I've always I'm always behind the pack Sort of, you know, I'm, I'm not a good swimmer, I'm not a good runner, I'm not a good biker, but uh, I can do all three. And um, so all the runners are faster than me, and all the bikers are faster than me, and all the swimmers are faster than me, but I'm have trouble doing all three. See? So uh, I don't know, I, I find it very exciting, and I've never gotten stale. No, oh, that's but, but that's, that's just me. I'm not that, yeah. I'm not up in the front there. Uh, I can see where the, these guys train right to the max, and I never do that. I, I, I just live within Lou. Yeah. See, and that's the most important to me is to keep my health. I want to live a long, healthy life. That's my. That's what I do. That's that's what. I, that's how I train. I'm, I'm trying to live a long, healthy life, and I think going anaerobic every day. And of course, I don't go every day. But uh, mm. but when I'm running, I I pick one hill and I just. You know, yeah. hit it as hard as I can till I <laughs> nose plant. You know, so I think that's the magic. So, uh, so I don't. I, I haven't had that stale period. No, because I'm just not that good. So, so you think that if you if if you look at the competitive people, you think that maybe because when they drop away from their speed a little bit, they, yeah, they're, they're so good. Yeah, and they have to be right at the peak all yeah. the time. I appreciate that. I'm never there. Yeah, never, never. I I come and I, it's it's more of an event for me. Like somebody going on holiday yeah. or something and so I go and I do the best I can because there's only one person I really care about and that's Lou I yeah. want to look in the mirror and say Lou you did the best you could today if I can do that I'm happy yeah. and so I don't care what Joe Smith does I mean I care of course I'd rather be ahead of him than behind him yeah. but uh, <laughs> you know I do what I can do and when you when you look at the times that I've had for 25 years every one of those times is the best Lou can do on that day because anyone who knows me will tell you that I put it all out on race day, but I can't go any. I can't do any more. Mm. So you know, that's all I can do. My, my, my probably final question I've got is um, one, another thing. Sister Madonna said is whether you know if you guys, some of you guys, are, are battling to get into that seven under the seventeen hours, and that's sometimes part of the battle. Sounds like it's you, but <laughs> no, because you're fifteen and a half. It's, it's obviously not such a big issue um, but would extending the time either having a, an earlier start for older athletes would that help things or is 17 hours that's if you can't do it in 17 hours tough luck or do you think yeah I've heard that, that discussed among the older people it would be nice if we could start an hour early 
Um, and it would be nice if they extended the time, but the Iron Man is the Iron Man. It would be nice if they didn't have the wind and hot. You know, it'd be nice for a lot of things. So they, what it, it is what it is. So if you can do the Iron Man, you can do it. And if you can't do it, you can't do it. So uh, there, there's lots of other races in the world, and uh, um, like Florida, for example, it's a nice, easy Iron Man. Uh, you know, I can do 12 hours in Florida. So it's uh, like the 12, 58, 57 or something. So. Nice. Thir- yeah. 13. But um, and that's when I was over 70. So, uh, you know, you can do that race for a long time, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm thinking. So I suppose before, as we wrap up, um, you know, you've got so much experience under your belt as an Ironman triathlete. What would be some a couple of quick tips that you give to our listeners to, you know, f- from your experience? Especially Kona experience. Yeah. Well, Kona is a big, is a very tough race, and, and you can't underestimate it. So, uh, pacing is, of course, the secret, and um, the, the pros have, have the ability to, to, to go all out. But the rest of us have to deal with it, and so you can you need to um, need to pace all the way through and see the finish line, and don't don't try to go too fast in the beginning because you won't your tank will run out, you won't make it. So that would be the that would be my suggestion: is to watch the whole race, keep it in mind. And uh, pace through paces. Pace is the key to this race. Other races you can go balls out, but uh, this one no. This is this race is bigger than than than, than us. You you gotta you gotta run with the mountain as as, as they say. Yeah. Nutrition wise, what do you do out there for nutrition on the day? On the day? On race day, yeah. What what's yeah, the, what are you taking in? Well I, I have a I, I, I like potatoes. I'm I'm big on potatoes, the highest glycemic index, blah blah blah. Um, I eat um, sort of these these um, dried um, potatoes, you know, you mix them up like mashed potatoes. Yeah. I eat them the night before, and in the morning before the race, I eat I eat those uh, Idaho potatoes. What, what about when you're out on the race course, though? Um, I use um, uh, some a sports drink, which I mix. Actually, my my formula is on my webpage. Okay. And yeah. I add quite a bit of things to it, and. Uh, I try to I try to balance my potassium, my magnesium, and uh, sodium, of course. And I don't I don't think the sports drinks actually address the problem, you know, adequately. But that's another story. Yeah. And so I try to adjust that, and and, I, and mine has been successful for me, mm. because each individual may be different in their their potassium sodium ratios, etc. Any any solids or anything, or it's basically no. sports drink all the way through. Sports drinks all the way through. Pepsi, of course, is great. Yes, I, I drink all the Pepsi I can get my hands on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's the only, I, I hate Pepsi. I never drink it any other time. I, I'm, I'm death on the colas, you know. But boy, you know, when you're out on that course, it's, it's a perfect drink to drink when you're running as hard as you can. It's got sugar. It's got caffeine. It's got everything you want. When you're sitting here watching TV, it's absolutely the worst thing you can do. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, that's my thought on Pepsi. <laughs> hey, well, good luck this weekend. It's been really great to have you on the show. Hopefully we'll see you up on the podium at the awards ceremony. And maybe we'll put a microphone on you when we're out on the course. If we're out on the Queen K and put a microphone in front of you, 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 in front of you, you give, us, give us a few words. He's not going to stop, is he? Yeah, we will run. I'm not going to stop. Yeah, no, he's not going to stop. Oh, we'll make it. You, know. you can run with him. Oh, yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I'm fast. He's, he's smoking it. My worry would be that you couldn't keep up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's a good bike in soon, too. Yeah, right. Awesome. Thank you very hey, much for coming, mate. You got a fast motorbike. Cool. Thank you. Brilliant. Test, test, test. Albert's telling a pretty good story, or pretty sad story, really. Not sad, but disappointing. But Albert's sister qualified. So, what is it? What happened two years ago? So, two years ago, I was calm. 
Watson. I guess uh, she was racing another girl. She's in 45 to 49, and uh, they bumped into some guy who was staggering like a mile from the finish. They both fell down. They both got up and sprinted like the final 500 yards or whatever. But, uh, you know, women are much too proper or too respectful, so I guess they didn't claw or whatever. And the other girl got her foot across the finish line first. So this year at Coeur d'Alene, she qualified again. I think she got a... No, she qualified. She got the final slot. But she's had too much of the work with travel and couldn't make it, so she'll have to, uh, she'll have to try again next she year. She absolutely gutted. I don't think she was too happy. So, uh, <laughs> it's the day so, you pull a sick day. Oh, I can't make it today. Exactly. I'm pulling sick. And then they see your Ironman photos. So what's your, what's your <laughs> sister's name? Mary. Mary, Mary we're thinking of you, mate. Yeah. We're thinking of you as we're on the boat of your parents <laughs> and your brother. So, so go, Mary. We'll see you here next time. Test, test. Okay, so we're next to us, we've got legend, legend of the show, legend, fast, first fastest iron marathon runner in the world. Yeah, <laughs> take that, Richard Swan. Yeah, Richard Swan, <laughs> take that. Twice, twice. It was funny this year when that happened because we looked at the results, yeah. and, and then, then you've done it again, you got the top five again. So, hey, hey, tell us about your Boston this year. Well, it was. I'm not that fast, first of all, but the conditions were perfect, and they knew that they knew. Well, you are that fast, actually. They knew two days ahead of time that the conditions were going to be perfect. So it was a tailwind, literally a tailwind from the start, and the conditions were cool, maybe in the 50s. So not too hot, and with a tailwind. And so you knew from the first mile, okay, you know, after like the first 5K split, even just totally cruising, you could feel, you could feel the benefit. And you can definitely feel the benefit of the tailwind on you. So when you're cruising through the splits, and they feel really effortless, then you just well sort of say, okay, you got to go for it, and just. At what point do you, you know, because that can create a bit of excitement. You can go, well, you know, this is a pretty good opportunity to go pretty crazy. Did you, you know, you have to control yourself as well. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's the beauty of that marathon. I mean, they have, they have literally splits, every, you know, accurate splits every mile. So you can just you can be very methodical and just track your pace the whole way. Really. And so it's it's. And I've done it so many times that, that you definitely know where you're at when the race and how you feel at different points. So if you can come off, if you can come off uh, uh, Heartbreak Hill, the final hill where you have to start running downhill again, if you can come off that, like you can still exert, and your legs aren't totally trashed, then that's that's at that point that's a big sort of mental benefit. Okay, I can you know get to the finish sort of on pace. So no, it highly highly unlikely that you'll I'll ever have conditions like that again in my. So one thing we haven't talked about this morning, John, give us an update of what's happening out here so, in the water. Albert's been out here for, for, for several years on the boat, um, but the waves are just coming out, just, it's just massive. Albert, have you ever seen it like this before? I've never seen breakers like this, they're calling them double overheads yesterday with the surfers, and you see them smacking. If you're a swimmer, uh, if you get caught inside while you're swimming, it would not be pretty. So. Yeah. So it looks like they have the safety canoes to keep people uh, on track, and it's a good thing. So hopefully it'll calm down before the race starts. So, so this week, uh, coffee for why you're out here um, every day from around about sort of six thirty to nine nine thirty to around a coffee. We're debuting this year our one hundred percent Christy Wellington coffee, which nice. we're selling on shore as well. Or you can find it online on our website. Use promo code Smiles at checkout. It supports a couple of her great charities, Blaze Man Foundation, and. Uh, uh, girl and uh, girls, uh, girls program in Nepal, and uh, we're, we're uh, real proud to be associated with her. And uh, from everything I've seen, she's gonna crush it on race day. So, yeah, uh, you must, you must love this, mate. You know, like this is a real part of you know the experience of things. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is for me. It's a great memory every year. Just being able to talk story with people and. Uh, 
Speaking, speaking of talking story, who we got here? Story, we got Curly French. Curly French just turned up. How you going, mate? You feeling alright? Hey, feeling good. You're looking lean and mean, mate. We're saying it yesterday. He's looking lean and mean. <laughs> no more epic eating. There we go. <laughs> so what's what's your goal for this weekend, mate? Uh, I'll be happy. Just take Albert down. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. What kind of time you want to come in on? I'll be happy. Sub ten. Sub ten. Yeah. And you feeling good? Yeah. Feeling good. You must be. You must be happy with your Kahuna a few weeks ago. Yeah, I was happy. Happy to stay within. Uh, Albert. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and training, training. You, you know, you're a bit of a prolific trainer. Has has training been going over the last year, mate? That's good. Yeah. Got a couple big weeks here and big big weeks there and yeah, it's been good. Good steady. How many Kahunas have you done? This is five. Five. Yeah. What do you learn? Uh, it's never easy. Yeah. I uh, haven't figured it out yet. Bugger <laughs> it. Predictions for the weekends, boys? Uh, I'll go with Crowey. Crowey? Who's got Crowey in there? I think Crowey and Chrissy. Crowey and Chrissy? I'm the only one who said Raylert. But I'll just, I'll just take it by myself. Was that? It is somewhat surprising given he, given he went what, 8, 7.41. Yeah, like based on times and based on last year's race, you think, but Crowey is a bit of a legend, so probably deserves it. But anyway, mate, kick ass out there. All right, thanks. And we'll uh, rock and roll. Forward. Right. Uh, 2005, I was here, Bevan. Were you? Yes, what were you doing here, mate? was ambling my way around the course. Apparently, apparently Natasha Bevan overtook you. She run. did. Yeah. Everyone was cheering me out of T2. I was thinking, I'm, I'm the man. And then she came running past me about 30 seconds later. You got checked. I did. Big time. <laughs> um, the man who went, won that day was uh, Farrah Sultan. He's with us today, so welcome along again. Pleasure. Pleasure. Um, we were here, when we were here two years ago, um, we, we came down and had a chat to you. And pre-race before that one, you were going, you know, if I get a top 10, I'm, I'm really happy. You were sort of on a bit of a comeback trail. And I th- I'm you pretty sure you, you got 10th. Yeah. Two years ago, I was 11th. Oh. And uh, actually, I was I was 12th, and then Timo Bracht got disqualified, yeah. Yeah. so ended up 11th. So ballpark, you're in the, the 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 area you wanted to be, but 10th is always nicer because you get some prize money, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you get the automatic. Well, you used to get the automatic yeah. qualification, but then this year, you know, you've you've won Ironman Germany, um, and you may be in in the frame a bit more than than perhaps you were back then. I mean, have things progressed quite nicely over the last couple of years? Well. Yes, I'm not as strong as I used to be in 2004 and 2005. I mean, I'm, you know, after so many years in the sport, you have to be real with yourself. And I know there are guys out there that chase the waterfalls, but uh, yeah, you have to know yourself. But uh, I'm definitely better than uh, than in 2009. And uh, in 2010, I won in Regensburg, had a good performance there, and then I think. I spoiled my 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 race here last year just because I trained too much mm-hmm. before the race, and this year I won Frankfurt, and that obviously gave me some confidence. But uh, um, then I took it a little bit more easy, didn't train that much, and uh, went back to the old San Diego pre Kona preparation, mm-hmm. and uh, feel pretty good, feel pretty strong, and uh, I as I said, I won't win it, but. Like Germany this year, you know, that, that's one of the key races on the calendar. You know, Germany's kind of always been second behind Kona, and you know, or wrote, you know, those kind of three races are kind of the big races of the year. Being a German, it's obviously pretty important, but how, how important for your confidence was it to win that race? Well, of course, it gives you a boost whenever you win a race, and I mean, you, you check the times, then you see what your wattage was on the bike, you see what, uh, how fast you ran. 
and uh, and then you see what you are capable of and of course it's it's reassuring to see hey I can do this and that and um so so that was pretty cool of course it was also pretty cool to win the race after having three races there <laughs> yeah i was uh, very very happy and usually i'm not super emotional at the on the finish line but uh, there are for the first time in my life i cried what's it what's how important is that win back in germany of course it's an important win i mean we have Two, actually, now we have three big races in Germany: Ironman Regensburg, Ironman Germany in Frankfurt, and uh, and the Challenge in Roth. Mm. And so it spreads a little bit out, but uh, it's still um, it's the only Ironman that is held in a major city. And uh, whoever has seen the finish line there at yeah. the Römer Place, uh, this is spectacular. And uh, standing up on the balcony and being cheered on by everyone is uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah. Um, this year the race, you know, everybody's speculating it could be slightly different because there's only 50 in the in the field. Uh, it probably favours you quite nicely being a strong swimmer. The potential of there being a, a, a break up, a little bit more breaking up of the swim, and maybe a group getting away. I mean, do you think it's going to be to your advantage, or do you think it's going to be similar as normal? Well, um, I think. With having only 50 athletes, uh, you don't exactly eliminate the weak ones. <laughs> mm, yeah. So in the top group, especially after the swim, I don't think that it will change that much. I hope that maybe by reducing that first group by maybe five people, you know, you you make it a little bit more, yeah, I won't say triathlon-like, but, you know, less less group riding. Mm-hmm. Because last year it was really a lot of guys really? sticking together, yeah, mm-hmm. and for a very long time. And, uh, of course, you know, once you go up to Harvey and have all the headwinds, then it, it separates, the field uh, separates, and, and then it's breaking up. But until that, it, it was really tight. I mean, I got a, a draft penalty for the first time in my life, mm-hmm. and... Uh, yeah, it was just so so very dense. And uh, on the other hand, um, of course, there are, you know, 10 spots less. And, uh, yeah, that m- might give somebody an opportunity mm. early on. Mm. We'll see. Um, this year's, perf- you know, we had some pretty amazing performances from uh, Marino and from, uh, from Andreas. Uh, it seems like the bar is starting to go go up outside of Kona. Do you think... Do you think the eight-hour barrier is is possible here if the conditions are, are really good? Well, of course, if the conditions are very well, then then the barrier can be broken. Um, but you know, it's it's still pretty hard, and and it, I don't think it's very likely because simply, you know, usually you have some wins here, mm. and then you know you don't cycle for eleven here. Mm. Uh, it's very unlikely, but. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, they run fast enough. Yeah. Um, last year, we've seen a 241. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if somebody runs a 245 and, and has a really good bike ride, then, you know, it's it's possible, but unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the, the, the most spectacular performance was the one of Andreas uh, mm-hmm. throughout the year. Yeah. I suppose um, the thing is, for you, you're saying you don't see yourself being a contender for the win where you are in your career right now what's it like you know because you've been a winner in the past and you've come back and you've been one of the top contenders what, what, how, what how has that changed your approach to how you come into a race 
Actually, it's almost more fun. Oh, really? Because when you, now you have all these guys that have reached a certain age and they have the physical ability to win the race, like Rasmus Henning, Marino van Honacker, Andreas Rehler, Timo Bracht, and they know that they don't have that ability for another five years so they don't have five more trials to do it mm. and they urgently want to win they have to win and they maybe have only two more years so the tension is pretty tight really? <laughs> <laughs> you, you feel that do you <laughs> and uh, you if 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 you, I spoke to to Timo's wife, for example, on the beach lately, and you could feel that from the way she was talking about her husband Timo, that that guy is having a very stressful time. <laughs> and actually, I feel pretty relaxed because whatever happens, I've done it. Yeah. And I have two third places, so I have a, a good record here. And whatever comes on top is fine. And. Uh, That's why I have a very relaxed approach and I don't have to do it. You know, I've ticked that one off the box. And if it happens another time, then I'm, I'm, I'm taking it. But if it doesn't, then it doesn't. And, uh, but for some people, I guess, uh, you know, it, it will feel like they've missed something in their life. And When you won it the first time, like obviously you, you, you felt you were a contender, but did, it come as, did you think realistically deep down that you were going to win that year? No, not at all. Even when I was on the run, I mean, I had Peter Reed on, on my yeah, heels with two yeah. and a half minutes behind me. And if you, you know, if you run like I do, and Peter Reed is two and a half <laughs> minutes back at, uh, after 10 kilometers in the run, then, you know, you don't think about a victory because you think about, okay, that guy's coming for sure and maybe I can hold it second, third, fourth place. And and then you have a great race. I mean, this is Kona World Championship. You know, it's it's not only about the win and uh, because if you are top five, top ten here, you're a great triathlete, no doubt about that. But um, so, so you know, I simply took my chances and, uh, and it was a surprise for me. I knew that I would be good, but I... I didn't believe that I win it. Yeah, well, what a buzz it would have been, eh? And so realistically, expectations for this year, what are you sort of hoping for? I mean, the run is usually where you can, within reason, predict what you're going to do, hopefully, but bike is always, you never know what's going to happen, but realistically, what's sort of the, your expectations? Well, if, if I have my ideal race, then, uh, then I swim in the first pack, mm. and, uh, and then I bike... 280, 290 watts on average and uh, that should bring me you know before the really fast runners and a little bit behind the super fast bikers mm. and then if I have the day of my days then I run a 250 marathon mm. and that would bring me in the top top five yeah. and uh, I would be happy with that, very happy it was my goal last year as well and I spoiled it on the, on the, on the bike and why? Uh, Actually, I think I, I've trained a little bit too much and wasn't super fresh. It took me one and a half hours to really get into the feeling and, and ride hard. And then uh, it lasted only for one and a half hours. So for three <laughs> hours, it wasn't that well. And, and I didn't, you know, have the, the performance that I wanted to have. Can I ask, you know, how long have you been doing the sport for? Of 15 years. So, so I suppose, like, I'm curious, you, you kind of talked about how going into last year's Coney, you trained too hard. Why did that happen? Like, was that... 
you know, like it was, you know, I thought maybe it's someone of your experience would have known what kind of prep you need to go going into the race. I know it's a bit of a, I don't mean it to be insulting, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, well, you know, I'm still a human being and I don't have, you know, that super schedule that I follow and sometimes you see it coming, but you cannot stop, you know, it's like look at all the fat people they know that they're too fat but they still have the craving for ice cream and they eat too much yeah, and, yeah. Um, same with, with, with triathletes and training you know they know that they shouldn't train that much but they do it <laughs> and um, my problem was that I, I started to train too hard early after Regensburg obviously you know I had that victory in Germany that I was looking for and hoping for for the at the home crowd you know Regensburg is just yeah. an hour drive away from Munich and that uh, was a great relief to win that race on home terrain, and then of course you want to do extra good when when you go into Kona, and uh, so I simply I, I I did too early, too hard, and uh, never really recovered. And then in the in the preparation and uh, in the in the, in the uh, special preparation, I trained with Andy yeah. Bercherer, and I followed more or less his regime. Which wasn't exactly good for me, and um, yeah. But you know, you wanted to train with him. He's a new guy and, and the kid, and you wanted to see what what he's doing, and and yeah. And I, so I got dragged along and did too much. And, and so, how did you control yourself for not doing that this year? Oh well, we uh, we um, stuck to the old training regimen that <laughs> yeah. we did in in San Diego in the past years. I mean, I haven't invented that. That this is what uh, Peter Reed was training like, and, and Norman Stadler and Jürgen Zeck and all those guys that were that were in San Diego. And um, you know, with that long run on Wednesday, the hard uh, ride on on Saturday, and the long run on Sunday, and everything else is just coming around these three main sessions. Mm. And uh, and and that was much better. Great. So you mentioned Andy Bachelor. He was leading the race um, for last year for a period. Was that? Oh right? yeah, for several hours. Yeah. Uh, he rode away um, right after the uh, right on in in Kona on the mm-hmm. Kuakini, and uh, yeah, he he faded on the run, but uh, but he rode really hard, and and uh, I think he. Uh, um, he got the first bike prime. Yeah, is he someone we should be looking out for? Not necessarily to win it, but uh, the next sort of German hope. Uh, he is definitely one of the dark horses out there. Mm-hmm. Um, he had an incredible year this year. He won. Uh, um, he won Switzerland, and uh, he won Wiesbaden, mm-hmm. and what else? And he was second in South Africa with a really good performance at the full at the full Ironman, mm-hmm. and he won Cancun. Yeah. Or lately, so uh, and um, I think now he has the confidence, um, you know, to to go really hard from the very beginning because he's he's a good swimmer. He can do that and a good rider. And uh, I think beforehand he was always a little bit afraid of wasting too much energy early on and and then and then fade. Mm. But um, yeah, he's definitely somebody to watch out. Ferris, you, you're quite well known. I thought that you're a bit of a long a lover of triathlon. You know, like you've loved the sport for a long, long time. Just as more of an interesting question is, like, who are the people who inspired you in the sport? Thomas Hellriegel, of course. Really? Yeah, yeah. He was Why? well because he was the guy who who went from the gun and uh, and uh, you know he had that that. Uh, masochistic attitude towards it and then pain and oh and you know he wasn't worried about the run and, and no tactics involved and just <laughs> go very hard 
and I was inspired by that. I mean, I bought the bike that he was riding, I bought the clothes that he had, and everything, and uh, and he was my hero. And uh, of course, it was very great when I was later on. I was on a team with him, and uh, he was a great experience. Also, we have uh, a different abro- approach to it, and and we we also disagree on some things uh, in training and uh, and in nutrition, for example. And but uh, but he's one of uh, one of the guys in triathlon, um, and to this day I think that his uh, his uh, 1996 performance in Canada at Ironman Canada is probably the best performance that we've seen in triathlon so far. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he did a 809 there on that course, and whoever knows that course, it's normally about an 830 for the one 825 to 830 for the winner. Exactly, and uh, just imagine this was 96, so mm. no ceramic bearings, uh, no DI2, uh, no super aero wheels, and no aero mm. helmets, and uh, and then whoever has seen that run course, um, it's hard to imagine that a human being can run a 245 on that run course. It's well. That's what I noted, and when the year he won here. Um his run split was 2.51 and I, I don't remember the race exactly how it panned out but I could imagine he was absolutely drilling the bike and then got off and ran 2.50 or 2.51 so the guy could run too uh, yes he was actually a, a very very good runner when he was younger and uh, the, the the older he got the more the more he um, the less he did uh, hard interval sessions so you know he was year after year with all these mileage and all these longer hardish runs you lose that mm. that fastness that mm. speed you know you, you mentioned Canada and I didn't actually know about much about that race when you were mentioning it and, and do you think in some ways it's a bit of a downfall of our sport that we have so much emphasis on Kona you know that you know you have these races like you know Thomas Helregal in Canada pulling off an 807 you know Cameron Brown doing 10 wins in Ironman New Zealand you know you know like all these phenomenal things that have happened in our sport outside of Kona that probably get forgotten because we're so Kona of course, it's all about Kona, and but the, we have a major problem in our sport, and that is we can't race that much. Yeah. If you want to see somebody racing at his very, very best, you can only see him twice a year. Yeah. That's the problem. And now we have so many races that the field is so thin at most of these Ironman races that, you know, the victory the value of the victory is diminishing you know you mentioned cam winning 10 times in new zealand which is an incredible um accomplishment on the other hand everybody says that yeah well but who was there and if you look at the field of course you still have to win but mm. yeah you know there are only maybe one or two guys that push really him. push him mm. and uh, and then that's it mm. and and that's that's the big problem and also you know to be honest, now we have 29 full Ironman races. Mm-hmm. Do you know know who was third at one of them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So do you like what they're doing with the European, with the championships, like the Asia Pacific? So they're trying to kind of gear you guys to go to more towards the bigger events, like Texas this year, Germany, Melbourne next year, and what you know. And then so maybe getting trying to get the bigger bigger guns, at maybe two big races a year. I think that is one of the ideas of WTC. But if you look at the field in Texas this year mm. have you had the impression that it's yeah. very deep yeah. I didn't have that impression well, why not because the money was good it was, it was better yeah, yeah but a little bit better but you know the difference is just 
a margin. And uh, if you really want to attract someone, the, the points are attracting some people, but especially second and third tier guys. Um, and there's the craziness of the system. If you become 13th place in Frankfurt, you get more than a thousand points. That is more than a victory in Lanzarote. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely crazy. Yeah. You know? And so generally I'm a fan of that point system, but we have to adapt that. And also we, we should think about like a grand slam like they have in tennis mm. when you know when you raise the prize money raise the points and to a level where you know it's it's worth thinking about becoming fifth place at a race but as it is now it's uh, for the athlete usually it's worth more to win at arm in korea mm. than although nobody notices it than becoming sixth place in frankfurt yeah Yeah. Um, one thing with John and I were talking about before the show as we were driving here is, is, is how much you Germans love triathlon. You know, like it's you, like probably for a big country, it's, you know, it's like if you go to like New Zealand triathlon's got a pretty good, you know, following, but we're a small country and we, you know, we had a couple of stars who've helped make the profile big. But, you know, for big countries around the world, it's probably, you know, you and probably the Poms really, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and uh, even the Poms probably don't have no, that much exposure. No, they, they, you seem to love triathlon. Why do you think it's such a in love of triathlon in Germany? That's a good question. I mean, we've had a lot of success. I mean, the the reigning Olympic champion is a German. Um, we have had uh, a short course uh, world champion. We have had these successes in Kona. Um, if you look at the the results list of Kona for the last 15 years, usually you see you see three, four Germans in the top ten, and um, and um, I think we also get some good media coverage um, in Germany as well, and. Uh, Well, I think that the combination of the three sports, for some reason, seems, seems to suit us. And, uh, you know, in Germany, we don't have really super great runners and uh, cycling is dead in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we, of course, we have a, good, a few good swimmers. But, you know, triathlon, I think that many Germans are ambitious and that want the challenge. And, uh, and triathlon is, uh, is, is delivering all that. And um, and of course you need um, a certain amount of money that you can put in. So you know it's pretty hard uh, for most African countries, you know, to have a big triathlon scene, yeah, for yeah. example. Mm. Uh, my final thing was we we, we re uh, interviewed Caroline Stefan earlier today, and we got her to say in um, <laughs> Swiss Swiss German um, that she's going to kill and crush all the, the girls out there. So can you give us some German something about how you're going to go out there and destroy, and destroy all the guys in the out on the Queen K? That wouldn't be a sentence that was, uh, <laughs> coming from me. You know, it would seem unreal and artificial. Um, Nothing artificial on this show. No, no, no. no. <laughs> And uh, so, it, and, and it wouldn't be true, you know, yeah. with all those. <laughs> See, it was funny because we've been saying this to all the pros and, and most of the pros talk it down. And she was like, oh, um, and she just came up with it. She, right. it was yeah, yeah, it's funny. So, so you, you don't have to. No. Yeah. No. Say something nice in German. Um, ich hoffe, dass alle meine, meine Landsleute ein grandioses Rennen haben und natürlich auch die Genossen aus, aus Österreich und der Schweiz und uh, dass wir uns danach alle auf der Party sehen. Nice. Something about the party at the yeah. end. That's what I got. That's cool. <laughs> hey, mate, well, good luck this weekend. We'll be there screaming along on the sideline and uh, hoping you can put off their top five. Speedos are coming out. Uh, I, I guess the sun's coming out as well. Yes. It's all on. Love your work. Thanks, mate. Thanks for coming to the show. Cool. You're most welcome. Great. Brilliant.
It's awesome, mate. It's perfect. One thing, one thing we love about this uh, our next guest is well, a she's a legend of the show, but also b that she's put on the feed for us. Yeah, nice. I like him. That was a feet. good feed too, eh? She didn't even have to do it herself. Didn't you even do it yourself? <laughs> yeah, I can't take much credit for that. Hey, take all the credit. Okay, so we've got, we've got the lovely Rachel Joycenator. Yes. It's actually not her official last name, is it? No, but it's official enough. And this year she's uh, she went 928 in Lanzarote, 908 in South Africa, for first and a second. Hawaii last year, fifth. Hawaii the year four, six. Lanzarote the, uh, that year, second. So nice little progression. Who are we talking about progression today with? I don't know. Um, come <laughs> You're on. telling the story. Uh, don't think it's that exciting right now, John. I'm sure it was, but we, we're seeing progression there. <laughs> oh. It was it was Freddie, Frederick Van Leer. He was talking about his oh, progression yeah. up through the ranks, and, and Rachel seems to be heading on the same path as well. So it, it has been a great year for you, hasn't it? Yeah, compared to last year, where I um, stood on your bike or whatever. Yeah, I cut my foot open with the chain ring, and mm. so. I kind of had six weeks in a cast and barely raced and turned up to Kona not really knowing what form I was in. Um, so this year it's been a bit more smooth uh, running and um, it was nice to get my first Ironman win and uh, I'm not at all complacent though because I'm still kind of doubting, always have doubts so, but hopefully uh, what I've done so far this year will kind of pay off on Saturday. Um, Cone last year, you, you know, you had, you had the kind of complication that made you kind of, you know, be unaware of how well you're going to go on the day. Did that make your race differently than what you normally would? Um, I don't think it. I don't think it did. I think, I, but I was kind of racing into the unknown because I had done very little running, and I the longest run I'd done was about 15 miles. So, oh, really? and I'd only done about two of those. So it was. I think you spoke to my coach mm. this morning and he kind of gave me a talking to and said, you've got to believe in yourself. And mm. so I tried not to think about what I hadn't done and just think about what I had done and got to 15 miles and I thought, <laughs> we'll see what happens from here. But um, I think by putting faith in the training that I had done and the approach we had taken, um, I had enough belief to kind of get me through the race on race day. Do you feel more pressure this year? Because um, you're definitely talked of as more of a contender this year, aren't you? In some circles, but in others, I think I'm still I'm not really on that. the radar. So um, maybe I think uh, in some ways, maybe because I've had that progression from the first year I did it, and then I went a bit better last year. So it'd be nice to think I could just continue getting better, but uh, then everyone else is getting better as well. So. In some ways, there is more pressure, but my approach is still the same, and I'll just be doing everything I can on race day, and that's what I've done both previous years, so it hopefully won't affect my performance. How do you stay focused during the race? Um, on the swim, that kind of takes care of itself. Uh, we're, you know, starting with the men still, so I like my main focus is. To oh, you are starting with the men. We had we've got somebody else said to us that Caroline, Stephen was, Caroline Stephen was saying there might be there's a five minute gap. Well, oh yeah, I haven't worked out whether there is or there isn't. That would be good for you though, won't it? I <laughs> mean, if, we if, are with the men. If you're not no, with the men, spank um, away from the other girls and get your little breakaway going with uh, one or two yeah, others. I think it could work. I think that would be good because then at least you know where everyone is. Whereas yeah, true. last year, 
it worked to my advantage because I got into a fast group and I, yeah. I didn't know if anyone else was in that group or not, but as it turned out, there wasn't anyone in that group, so I got 90-second lead, mm. um, which I probably wouldn't have done if mm. the other girls had seen me out there on my own. But whichever it is, I hope they tell us tomorrow. In the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be nice. <laughs> because previously, in other years, it has been, you, you get the half hour, he'd start, but it's guys and girls together, right? Last year was the first year we got half an hour. It's quarter the of an year, hour. Yeah, it was just 15 minutes. And half an hour is definitely uh, good for me because 15 minutes, the fast age groupers can catch the yeah. slow girls. And then things get a bit messy and untidy on the bike. And it's not deliberate necessarily, but I'm out there on my own. And I can remember mm. my first year just coming down from Harvey and seeing a big stream and women you know you couldn't get out from the men but mm. you're just stuck and it's a is a bit of an advantage mm, so mm. Um, does it seem to be shifting in the right direction with the rule changes i think it'll be interesting to see if they means we've got to get out 15 minutes earlier oh, not happy about that. Us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> us. so for, for our reference the race morning are you are you one of these people that's on edge you don't want to, you block everything out you don't want to talk to anybody if uh if your sister's there on the sidelines, you're going to go and go, back off, I'm concentrating on my race, or how are you sort of on race morning? Um, hopefully calm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I kind of, normally actually I have my like tiz about now, and then I kind okay. of get much Gap calmer. Yeah, really. <laughs> not right now? But I'm not right now, <laughs> but I'm feeling pretty relaxed. And um, yeah. when, when, you, when you talk about tiz, what do you mean? What, is it a doubt thing? Uh, no, it's going mental at someone for like for like dro- drop, dropping a, dropping a piece of rubbish over there and not picking it up yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for answering for here. Yeah, it's okay. yeah. <laughs> just translating. Um, I know my English. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so now I'm feeling quite relaxed, and uh, hopefully no one will bear the brunt of my, <laughs> my tears anymore. Um, I think I'm getting John's tears right now, too. <laughs> um, so after the swim on the bike. I'm going back to the how do I concentrate. Um, uh, mainly not going too hard early on because there's, there's a bit of a hill and it's easy to get too excited. And I think if you have too many kind of spikes in effort, that will come back and bite you later on. And then just the usual kind of drinking enough, eating enough, making sure I'm putting enough effort in. Um, and this year, my SRM data is going to be streamed live through the SRM website. Oh, really? So wow, that's cool. I'm sure if I start to see my power dipping, uh, so knowing you, that people can see it will... Do you, do, you, do you really race two power? No, not really. So I might not even look at the screen, but if I... The fact that I know that it... Yeah, yeah. Can be the whole world is watching. And my coach. So. We'll be out on the run course going, Rachel, your power's crap. You came down, Harvey. That was pathetic. Pick up your game. Um, and yeah, really kind of working the, the back half of the ride, like everyone, I think. not. Uh, so just kind of staying focused and not drifting off. And then on the run, I literally just take it one aid station at a time. Because... Um, thinking of a whole marathon isn't good for the head yeah um and just keeping a relaxed form and keeping my cadence up and so you're not um you're not regarded for your running but having seen you run um perhaps you should be uh (laughs) but what 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 sort of goes through your mind say you're you're out of there on the queen k and uh and you end up for whatever reason being in with a bunch of girls who you know same not maybe marinda and a few other girls that are are really good fast runners. Um, 
do, you, do your tactics change then? Like, do you go, right, if I stay here, these girls are going to just drill me on the run, I've got to make some, some, some decisions here, or what, what sort of goes through your mind in, in those sort of situations? Um, I think it's, it's kind of, I've kind of my confidence in my runs picked up in the last kind of 12 months, so I'm not saying that I would want to be in a running match with um, Marinda, <laughs> yeah. but I would feel that I, again, it's quite a few of the girls I could probably hold my own, so I probably wouldn't want to... I'd probably have a go on the bike and try yeah. and not take people with me. So, but on the other hand, I wouldn't want to kind of absolutely kind mm. of kill my legs. And how, how do you do that? How do you how do you try to get away without too many you know, power spikes that are going to fatigue yourself? How do, how do you kind of make a break away without you know bringing people with you? Um, I haven't really been in that situation, <laughs> so maybe that's something I should think about in the next few days. Yeah. Coach Bevan, Coach yeah. Bevan. Yeah, what you should do. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, probably my final question is, why the hell are the Poms good at triathlon? You know, you've got, yeah, you guys are dominating. You've got like, a great crop of Olympic distance athletes. Um, you've got a great crop of female long-distance athletes. You haven't got many in the long-distance guys. You know, Tom Lowe might come through, but um, you haven't got any sort of uh, contenders at the moment that I can think of, but... Yeah, it's not the well. I suppose if you get out outside of London, it's not so bad. But it's not the most conducive environment for triathlon. Why? Why? why is it? Is it the the junior programs that they've invested in, and um, and those people just sort of maybe fall away a little bit, and then go and choose their particular distance, or what? How do how do how does it become so successful? Um, I think with the the kind of ITU racing at the moment. I think seeing the Brownleys come through and Will Clark and um, Helen Tucker, I think there was a good junior... I think they were at the beginning of the good junior programme and so definitely I think you're seeing that kind of start to come through and because you're kind of... It's not just one or two, there's much more depth and I Mm. think probably the men's... And definitely... Well, definitely the men's, uh, the G qualifying for the Olympics next year is going to be one of the toughest yeah, countries yeah. because oh, yeah. there's about <laughs> probably five or six, six people yeah. um, so I think that has to be credited to some extent on on the, the junior programs that's coming through and also I think I mean in the long distance it's a bit more grey as to why suddenly we've got so many women um, racing so well and I think part of it is I mean, you've got Julianne, Leander and Kat who have all come... They all did ITU and then mm-hmm. they've kind of moved on to the long distance. And I think that's kind of a pattern that's coming through much more... Like, much kind of more short-course people will come through into long course. And then when you've got someone like Chrissy at the top and they're from your country, then it's very close to home and you kind of see what stand, what the where the bar is. And so... Um, I mean, to be considered one of the best long-distance triathletes in the UK at the moment, you have to be going top, top 10, 10 in Kona. Kona. Yeah, so, yeah. And there could be five of us in the top 10 on Saturday yeah. quite easily. Wow, that'd be mind so, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. I think it's just that it's not rivalry necessarily, but it's, you know... Pulls each other to along. Be, yeah, you kind of pull each other up and you kind of know how fast you have to be biking and running to to keep up with them do do you get much support from home um the federation yeah i suppose or or like businesses and stuff like that um when i first uh 
turned pro, I got uh, I, I gave up my job and my the law firm I worked for sponsored me for I think three I years. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Is that three years still going? That's just finished, and oh. it's worked out really well because it was kind of a that took me to joining the team, and now I'm kind of really, you know, the team's kind of I feel like a proper professional now because I'm I've kind of. I can. It, well, I'm not yeah. just living from prize purse to prize. Yeah, purse and so and so being a part of a team, you know, because it's not like cycling teams where you live together and all that kind of stuff. It's so, what is being being part of a team of Abu Dhabi? What's what's the part of being in that team that actually does make you feel more? I don't know whatever you get from it. Um, well, you've kind of got the all the sponsorship that comes with the team, and so it's kind of a full. You know, you've got your wetsuit, your your bike, and then also. I was a bit of a, I was quite green when I joined the team and kind of just going on, we have three training camps a year and just going on the training camps and training with someone like Faris who's obviously, he's one Kona and he's been doing this for years and so you kind of pick up a lot of information which I wouldn't have got because I would have been predominantly based in London and doing the odd training camp and muddling along and so you you just learn a lot more and then you've got the infrastructure. So we have Katerina who not only cooked this barbecue tonight. Yes, go but, Katerina. <laughs> but she's also the team physio. So you have a physio on your training camp mm. and Verna who kind of helps sort out kind of the logistics for things. So it, yeah. And then um, financially it's just a more, more secure yeah. because last year I was injured for, you know, the first seven months of the year. But, and if, if I hadn't been on the team, I would have been kind of begging and borrowing <laughs> to kind of put food on the table. But I just had that, you know, bit of security. It must be tough being an athlete, eh? Because that's the thing. It's like, you know, your injury's putting you out, but you're still a great athlete. But it just means that you can't earn because of your injury. And, and mm. you know, it's obviously a pretty tough environment at times. Yeah, and I think being on the team, I may have, like, rushed to kind of do more to race too early before I was ready. But as it was, I could kind of do a couple of half Ironman races um, and kind of gradually build up rather than think, right, I've got to hit the first Ironman as soon as possible. Mm. So You've got your family along for you this time. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I should go get Katie to come and say something. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but you've got your family here. And uh, is it pretty cool? Like, do your family normally come over here or is this the first time you've got your family here? Um, my parents came over the first year. Um, but it's the first time, I think, first time my younger brother Pete has even seen me do a triathlon. Oh, wow, so really? It's really nice, yeah. People think that it means more pressure, but I'm pretty sure they're having a good holiday. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah oh, she's doing some race. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put any pressure on you, but I'm relying on you doing quite well to make me feel a little bit better after crushing us in France. You make me feel yeah, a little, 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 little bit better. He told me, he was like, Man, she destroyed us. It was really close. Where are you mainly based when you're training? Um, London is still my base, but this year I've definitely had more time training away. So, um, but different places, there's no one place. I was in France for, for a month and then Abu Dhabi for three weeks at the beginning of the year and I've been to Spain as well. Do you love, do you love it? Like it must be a pretty cool lifestyle. Yeah, no, it is. I feel kind of really lucky to be, to do to be doing it um, it's definitely not something I I think I enjoy it because it's short term yeah. I'm a bit of a homebody at heart so you know I'll be happy to kind of 
put down roots in a few years' yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, last question. I always do a last question on John. We'll be here for another 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, just pop out. Tell everyone you're going to be out for the night. Um, now I've lost my last question. Sorry. Oh, no, I do have a last question. What do you think of the men's race? What, what, what's, what do you think is going to happen on the race? Come on, lay you do it. I think it's. I think there could be a lot of tactics going on today, uh, to, on Saturday, because of the smaller field. And I think, I think people are going to try and form groups uh, on the swim and try and yeah. get away. And Seems to be the talk, doesn't it? There'll be six, seven guys, the fastest swimmers, lay some smack down, enjoy. We'd be, we bit better get on that bloody boat and see all the action unfold. Yeah, we better. Oh, you, who you got? We were on the boat last time, but... They haven't got the boat. They got rid of the boat because no one ever used it, and it was so good. Yeah. So we're trying to get on the Iron Man live boat, so fingers crossed it happens, mm. but um, we'll find out. But, yeah, that, that seems to be that, that, you know, how do you break Crowy? It seems to be... the, the what, Everyone seems to be so focused on breaking Crowy, don't they? I know. You must feel a bit... <laughs> yeah, like, well, like yeah, we haven't spoken to him. Hopefully we get to talk to him tomorrow, but it's it's been really fascinating how... Crow, like the, all everyone's energy is on how to break crow. But, but I think there are other fast. I mean, Pete Jacobs yeah. as well as someone to watch, and mm. there are it's other Ray Lewis yeah. not yeah. you know slow. So. Pete Jacobs is flying under radar, but isn't he? Nobody's talking about. Not many people are talking. No, about No, not him. at all. Like, yeah. People are mention, mentioning his effort from last year. You got to remember last year he had a, he had a punch or a punch or a penalty. 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 He had a penalty. Yeah. So he's four minutes out on the bike, and mm. like, I don't know where that would have put him in placings. But you know, the boy can swim, and if he can get his yeah. bike up, you know, it's like. He's still young, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's, he's getting married, 30. though. No, he's, he's, he's married. He's already married, married. married last year. Game yeah. over. It's all over. Do you keep an eye on what's happening in, in the rest of the triathlon world? Are you much of a triathlon follower, or do you? No, I definitely have uh, have an interest in seeing how everyone's going. And um, she listens to I'm, I'm talk. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're yeah. a key source of information. We are the key source. Yeah, because yeah. we do. It's so a new logo, not a weekly update. It's a key source of triathlon information. Because <laughs> we do so much preparation. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Cutting edge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I always on here, especially, I always look forward to seeing what's happening in the guys' race once you yeah. get Queen K because. There's not much else to look at. Yeah. So it's always quite exciting to see who's coming down the road. So we look forward to seeing you coming down the road at the weekend. We've been telling every pro we're going to scream for them, but we're going to give you an extra scream, okay? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah. All the best. That's how we roll. It is. All the best for your race. We're looking forward to it. Oh, wait, no, wait. Oh, I'll yeah. One more question. <laughs> what would be the ultimate result? Uh, it's a hard question, John. See, it was a good question. Winning. Uh, well, winning would be the ultimate result. But does, does, I think does the Chris Factor put it out? I think it makes it extremely unlikely. You're kind of looking at something happening with her race, and you never wish that on anyone. Yeah. So, um, I think to go better than last year would be the ultimate, but. So provided I know that I've kind of I'd just like to be stronger than I was last year and we'll see where that gets us great <laughs> nice okay then that's uh, Rachel Joyce and I we'll you see want you one more question do you want do you, I can think of one no, <laughs> uh, you know me um, John always like plans, plans interviews and he's like a, we're totally different we're talking cheese John and I are I mean, when John plans an interview he'll have like 20 questions he's pre-planned he's thought them out I do an interview I don't have any questions I just wing it uh, it's disappointing <laughs> no no it's a perfect fit that's what we are we're, we're the yin and yang we make You're the perfect a match circle we're match made in heaven I tell you our mums are so proud <laughs> that's a wrap okay can, can I have a question kill it okay yeah. thank you <laughs> thank you 
Oh, John, they were great interviews. Oh, it's insane. See? Well, we got a nice balance today. Oh, I think we did, actually. We did, yeah. 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 That's sort of the plan. Because we've got, we've got a previous champ. We've got some contenders. We've got the up-and-comers. We've got the, mm. the experienced dude. We've got the the coach. So we need to, you know, tomorrow we've got a, a What's different, different, day, different day tomorrow, but um, we'll we're trying to get a bit more age group perspective tomorrow. Okay. Um, and, and talk Maybe Terenzo as well. Well, we haven't even asked him yet, so don't go put, don't okay. go over promising. Okay, Belinda, sorry. Even, how many times <laughs> oh, you call me Belinda? I know I'm in trouble with any guys, Belinda. I haven't even asked. Um, but no, we've got uh, tomorrow. We're, tomorrow we're, 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 we're letting it, we're, we're, we're weak in one area, Bevan, and well, we, we could make stories up, but. Our challenges are not going particularly well. No, you know, we, we didn't do the slow bike race because we forgot about it. And then today we were going to do transition challenge. But we just, seriously, when you try to put in seven or eight interviews in a day and you're driving around from A to B to A to B to A to B, it's pretty hard to fit them in. So the challenges are struggling. So we didn't get the transition done. We've not done the slowest race. We've not done the fastest race. We've not done the transition race. No. In fact, we haven't done any challenges no, yet. No, but John has really working hard to promote the Wetsuit Challenge. So we might just say that's the challenge. Yes, when it takes all. Yeah, when it takes all. Um, we are doing the underpants run tomorrow morning. Oh, we are? As long as we make it there on time. Do you want some clean undies? I haven't. I'll just use them. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's outside. It's not like it's an inside run. Nobody's going to smell too much. Um, I think I'm going for the, the Dan Carter look. I've got some sort of Dan Carter-y type. Ones. Okay, that's I'm sure you're just to like do. Dan Carter too. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure I will. Sharp yeah. ears. We will do the Austin Powers Challenge. If anybody wants to take me on for that, the yeah. Austin Powers Challenge. Don't even bother. He's, he's got ripped up. It's been a big, long day. And, uh, and Funny stories from the day, John? I'm falling to pieces, Bevan. You are? Oh, <laughs> yes, too. It's, uh, so... Whenever we go anywhere, we have to set up um, the microphones and stuff. And, and when, when you set up the microphones, we've got these little stands for the microphones which you put on a table. But most people's tables are like coffee, coffee tables, and so they're quite small. So when we went to see Joyce and Joyce and Ada and, and Ferris before, we had to bring out the big coffee table and we put and lift it over in this big glass piece. And I was kind of packing up afterwards and John was going to put it back. And what happened, mate? The bottom fell out. The whole big glass He didn't realise there was a bottom bit there. Fell out. Kind of thankfully it landed on my foot because otherwise it would have smashed everywhere. But it was uh, it was a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of pain. So then we get back to the unit and he's talking about you know or maybe he's getting because tra- of the wetsuit challenge. <laughs> I'm talking about the psychology of it. You know, people sometimes get injured. get getting injured when they're under huge amounts of pressure, and maybe that's happening really deep in their subconscious. Because I heard a New Zealand Olympic skier talking about that once, and sometimes you don't really think about it, but you get injured at those times when there's just that little bit of doubt creeping <laughs> and in. And then he walked and into it. Walked, walked into this. <laughs> Big triangle light and blood gushing out of my head. So I'm falling pieces. The, the Aquathon challenge, it's just it's, it's playing on me. It's playing on me. Just, just breathe, breathe. Mm. Um, and then the, the other funny story is so last night, so John, so so right now we, we, we're putting a long days in. That's all good because we know you guys love it, so it's all good. But um, so we got in, we, we probably finished up the show at about nine o'clock last night, probably about then. Yeah. And, I, and basically I worked through to about just before midnight, kind of processing the shows and putting it all together and all the rest of it. So it was a pretty big job. And John, about probably 10, 9 30, yeah. 10, he goes, yeah. okay, well, I get a bed now. So, so Rocks on to bed. Away he goes and buggers off to bed. So I kind of about midnight, I kind of, you know, get some brush my teeth and I go to set up my bed and I'm in the lounge. So, A, I've got the worst bed anyway, but hey, I don't mind. I'm, I'm not one to complain. Pull out my, my, my bed because it's one of those couch beds and there's no blankets for me. It's in John's bedroom. So I had to sleep on the couch with a mattress with no sheets or anything and I used a pillow as a blanket. And so I walked in this morning and said, did you just sleep on that? <laughs> and then you cuddled up to a cushion. Oh, I didn't, I didn't feel love, so... It's not like you need a lot of... If, if we were in Switzerland in the middle of winter and you needed uh, five layers of duvets, I'd have a little more sympathy. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty toasty over here. Hey, uh, highlights of the day for you? 
highlights of the day. I'm, I'm loving my quality lunches at Lava Java. Not just plugging them. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just liking the food. It's all about my tummy. Uh, Dave Scott. Dave, I know it's coming up tomorrow, for, but Dave Scott's always quality interviewed. It's like I'm really glad that he went there with the book. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, like because I was you asked the book question, and I was thinking about asking around at the same time, and and I was thinking, are we not meant to go there? Because we hadn't talked to him before the interview. Say, is it okay to talk about the book? And um, so I'm really glad he did. So you'll hear all that tomorrow. Um, Dave Scott's always a good interview. Uh, you know, I, we, we're pretty lucky, really. Everyone's pretty great with the interviews, mm-hmm. aren't they? Well, as I said to Bevan, we, you know, we, we rock up um, and we just come back from having a having dinner with a, a world champion. They put on yeah. dinner for us, so we, I think we're pretty fortunate. And. Uh, uh, Update for Bevan is uh, Bevan's got a man bag for you for you metrosexuals out there. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong it's with a man, man bag. bag. It's pretty practical. Practical. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with my man bag. I'm not complaining. I'm not, I don't feel bad about my man bag. And he's been letting down the team. The facial products have not been coming out. I haven't seen I don't bring any, any facial products. Because the problem is nowadays you, you've got a limited amount you can put on the plane. You need a lot. Anyway, quick sponsors O2 Creations. O2 Creations. Go.com. Endurance Sport Travel. Oh, John, we're in the front part of the show. We didn't say thank you to the listeners. Thank you, listeners. Seriously. I'm going to go back. We're going to do that but the front part again. We haven't done our nicknames either. Oh, we, I told someone to email me and said, my name's on the list of... Because people have watched the show. Someone emailed me. Okay, so who, if you're being sponsored tomorrow... Okay, that's tomorrow your job. we've got a bit of Tomorrow, time. that's your job, because I'm doing this... Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'll, I'll read them out, and we can. If I'll come up with as many as I can. If I've got trouble, I'll come to. I'll come okay. to the, okay. the brains. Brain so, listeners, so Ophir Creations, Coffees of Hawaii, Endurance Sport Travel, um, Audio Technica, Athletics.com, and Extreme Endurance. You guys rock the party, seriously. And more importantly, the, the athletes who have, the people who have donated to the show, we think you are amazing. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying what we're doing here. It's, it's full on, but we're loving it. Tomorrow, we might have a little more time, might chuck a few more things up on Facebook. So, if, if you want to know what we're up to, where we're going to be, we'll try to keep the Facebook. And we may even today. do our. Expo, our um, what is it called? The Expo. Expo. Pop Expo Journey. That's what we're called. Expo Journey. We're going to see how much and free stuff. Pre- I'm, I am looking forward to the press conference. Oh, we've got a press conference. We've got to think some good questions. Oh, I've, got, I've, got my, I've got my two questions lined up. Okay, John, I think this is probably two and a half hours already, so I think most people won't even get to this far. Mm-hmm. If you've got to this far, I'm proud of you. Congratulations. You're a champion. Yes. If you've got to this far, email us. First person to email us, what? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Get something. What can You're just opening yourself up to a couple of thousand emails there, Bevan. On Facebook, Facebook, on Facebook, good thinking there, good thinking there. First person to say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and that's all you put. You don't put anything else, and everyone else wants to learn about. Mm -hmm. What what, what were you giving John? We'll send them some extreme endurance uh, travel packs. Okay, there you go. There you go. So there you go. If you do that, we're going to get some extreme endurance. Get on it, team. Anyway, three and a half hours later, we better wrap it up. We'll be on tomorrow. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.